Righto, trendsetters, rug up with us this winter. Next merch drop coming in hot. 14th of May, Tuesday, 6pm at alphablokes.com.au. We've got our two hoodie designs. These designs won't be coming back. We've got a light colour. We've got a dark colour. These things are unreal. We can't wait for you to start wearing them around the flats and rugging up next to the fire. 6pm, Tuesday, 14th of May. Don't miss out. Cure them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, thigh slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. G'day, legends. Got a bit of a bonus episode here for you today. While we were down in Brisbane a few weeks ago, we got a fella on the show by the name of Willie Stolk. Now, Willie's an ex-professional skier, a cannabis enthusiast and activist, an entrepreneur. He's done some pretty wild and wacky things in his life. He's partied at the Playboy Mansion and met Hugh Hefner. He's directed pornos. A totally different world to what we're used to. So it was interesting to hear his point of view on a few things. We pretty much sat there and just copped an earful for an hour and a half about his life and what he's got going on. And uh, yeah, it was interesting chat so uh, maybe if the cannabis chat and the porno chat stuff like that isn't your thing probably not the episode for you but if you're all about that then get it india i just want to say from the bottom of my heart i'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody the double chat does what the f- he wants hey, about to go stupid again she had the roof of the best i'm about to do it again i'm gonna fuck two of her friends just made a flip out the rock Welcome back to another episode of the Alpha Likes Podcast. The boys are on tour. We are. We're fucking, where are we, bruh? Mate, mate, we're in the Gypsy Tales uh, studio today and Willie Stolk. The big fella. Pleasure. Pleasure to meet you guys. What's yeah. going on? Mate, fucking How are you? Uh, you made the big track down from, from Gladstone? Yeah, the old seven hours south of here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, made the big track up. That's right. Down. Down. Down, down, down. <laughs> All over the place. Been a big night last night. That's but, right. But, uh, yeah, mate, we've been pretty keen to get you on for a while, eh? Been sort of chatting and watching you on the socials and stuff like that. We've actually heard the podcast we both listened to that you did in this studio with Jace. Yeah, that was so. the second one we did. The first one, the audio fucked up. Yeah, um, I think we smoked a couple of hooters that day, and you know he probably <laughs> pressed the wrong button. I think that was before we had the um, homeboy over here. The, yeah, uh, yeah. D Rock, yeah, yeah. Vaynerchuk, and what's what's Rogan's offsider? Jamie, oh, Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Young Jamie, right? Little Jamie in today. Yeah, little Jamie. Little Jamie and young Jamie. Yeah, that's oh, it. Fair enough. Brother, what have you been up to? Um, just been cruising. Um, I've been, I'm on bail at the moment um, for um, for this year's uh, kind of 
cannabis publicity stunt. We've been doing that for the last probably about six six years or something like that. Um, yep. It's called Who Are We Hurting? It's obviously it's like a kind of a big campaign to try and get cannabis legalized in Australia. Yep. Um, so we projected a whole bunch of weed leaves and um, the Who Are We Hiding sign and a big cannabis leaf on the side of the Sydney Opera House. Um, I proceeded to get arrested with my other friend, um, got locked up for six hours, and then um, got out on bail. I had to report into the cop station three times a week for about two months until my lawyer could take it to to the to the magistrate and apply for the bail to be the restrictions to be you know kind of lifted and yada yada bullshit bullshit. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, now you know I'm in the process of um kind of working on a couple more brands and you know a couple of tv shows and just been cruising going to the gym and surfing and it's um been a long two and a half years being stuck in australia as of yep. before obviously my my last career i was constantly traveling yeah um and obviously normally because we got businesses in california and and stuff like that and now looking into businesses in europe i need i'm looking to travel again but until i get off bail yeah um yeah. i'm kind of potentially stuck here i may be able to get around it i'm working on that yeah um because i need like a reason to leave it's like a business reason or something like that mm. um so where you base yourself now i'm based between here and sydney on the yep. gold coast and in yep. sydney um my parents recently, my family recently sold their apartment in Sydney that I was always kind of staying at back and forth. Yeah. Um, but normally it's like between here, Sydney, and um, probably California. Yep. Mammoth, yeah. Mammoth Lakes. That's where we own our. Oh, yeah. That's where we own our cannabis dispensary that I opened with my um, my colleague Corey Zyla, who we used to compete on the Freeride World Tour together. Yeah. Um, we've had that for about I think just just on two and a half years now. Um, it's right at the bottom of Yosemite National Park in a place called Lee Vining. Oh, nice. Um, and, yeah, so just cruising and surfing and partying a little bit, getting kicked out of parties, being a drunken mess sometimes and, yep. you know, just trying to get a bit more on the straight and narrow. So, um, so you went to that sex bar the other week, did you? Yeah, that was an interesting day, yep. <laughs> I don't remember much of that, so yeah. that was an adventure. Yeah. My alter ego is called Felicia, so buy Felicia. But it doesn't come out. It comes out about once a year. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, what... What goes on tour, stays on tour. Like, we've been keen to get you on for a while now because, like, our audience and the guests that we've had on are a lot of blokes, like, similar to us. And, yeah. like, you come from a world that is completely, you know, different to us, you, what you've done in your life and stuff like that. Yep. And also keen to talk to you about, like, the, the cannabis industry and where Australia is with that because we all just assume, oh, yeah, it should be legal soon. Like, it's can Canada is and... You know, where, where sort of is it at, bro? And well, at the moment, we're kind of in a stagnated position. Um, there is movement towards um, recreational legalization. At the moment, we have medicinal legalization, um, which means that you could go in and get your script for, you know, five or $600, potentially cheaper. There's medical, um, there's medical right. doctors yeah. quite, oh. you know, it's quite prevalent. Um and then they give you a script for whatever you want for what for what you need for your, what your ailment is. Yep. But um, they give you a they give you a prescription for your for your ailment, and then it's they kind of give you a specific weed that you can get. Yeah. So you don't really go into a dispensary and have choice like you would at, in California or Colorado or yeah, Canada, Canada or whatever yeah. wherever it is that you are. Um, so you know, there's about 150 to 150 thousand patients. I think last time I looked. Um, that my number might have increased. Yeah. Um, I I heard recently that for the first time since they've allowed medical cannabis that 
the um, the kind of the applications have gone down twenty percent in the last month for the first time since it started. Yeah, so right, I right. think that the biggest problem that we have is that not many people are aware that you can actually do it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, from what I hear. Um, feedback think that you have to be terminally ill or something like that to be able to receive it. Yeah, right. Um, so you don't like no, it, it's a process anyone can go through within reason. Yeah, you know, you, obviously that you can, you can. In, I have you know glaucoma. Or, that's probably not a good one. I have anxiety or I've got <laughs> yeah, a bum yeah. knee or or whatever it is, and then you can legally go and purchase the cannabis and Righto. you can legally have it on your on your on your persons. Mm. But the, the the other problem is the drug driving laws. Yeah, um, that's. A- I was going to ask about that because, like, Canada, that was the period when we were over there for that seven months where it was pretty much legalized, but they hadn't worked that out yet. And I wanted to ask you if you knew, like, I think it was point oh eight over there, which was good. You could have a six pack of drive home, but the, what is? How there do they there is no it? way of measuring it. There is so, no way. So basically, the 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 charges is it doesn't stand up in court. So if you take it to court, there is a higher probability that you could potentially get off. Yep. Because yeah, you could potentially smoke it last night, not be affected oh, from, at all, from and up then- to two years. And I, um, a few years ago at Mardi Gras, there were a bunch of people that were doing tests to try and test the swab test as like kind of as an experiment. And then several people that had never smoked weed before came up positive. And then I smoked a bong ten minutes before and did the test, and it came up negative. So it doesn't really work. One of my colleagues, um. Who I'm actually not allowed to talk to at the moment. Um, my friend Craze, as part of our bail conditions, is not we're not allowed to communicate with each other, yep. which is pretty crazy because that's to do with like the bikey kind of um, the bikey laws and them coming together and blah blah blah. Yep. Um, so for them to put that kind of charge on me for projecting an image on an iconic building, yeah, you know, it's a <laughs> bit it's a bit harsh. But anyways, um, Craze he got he got done out the front of his house. He was just moving his car. And um, he had a security company, and he went to court. He pled guilty because his da- his lawyer told him that if he pled guilty, then he'd be able to apply for a work license. Mm. Okay, so he pled guilty, applied for a work license. Well, he had a security company that employed fifteen people. In order to have a security license, you can have no drug charges or no DUIs. And the lawyer wasn't aware of that. He didn't, you know, he obviously wasn't the best lawyer in the world, so he didn't really take that into account. And so he ended up losing his security license, so then he had to shut down his company, and now fifteen people they are unemployed. So, wow. so now he's taking it to court, um, and you know I don't know what the conclusion will be, but that's probably one of the biggest hindrances. Is that yeah. um, we are working on a, um, a program called Evidence Free RBT um, with the Greens and a few other um, the Legalized Cannabis Party and a few different people. As you know, there's a few different sects that are working towards legalization. The Greens have a big bill in place that apparently they're going to um, put into the put into play in October or November. That it is what I heard. Yeah. Um, do I think that'll go through? I highly doubt it. Um, you know, obviously, I'd like to to be. Um, you know, to think positively, um, but you know, in the reality, I think there's too many conservative people in Australia to let that happen. Yeah. Um, but obviously, as this thing has happened to my friend, it's you know, it's a big, it's a big deal. It's really messed up his life, and it's cost 15 people their job. Yeah, that's huge. And um, so you know, the the program, the evidence free RBT. So I think the the the, the realistic journey to full cannabis recreational legalization in Australia is probably 
getting making more people aware that the medicinal program is available yeah, and then well. getting rid of these trumped-up drug charges that just are non-existent and don't work yeah. because the tests don't work. So the, what the legislation says is that you're impaired beyond a doubt that you can't drive your vehicle. Yeah. But yeah. if there's no measurement on it. What do you think the solution for that is? Do you, is there one? Like, is there a solution to measure a certain know. parts per million I, in- I drive fucking high all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, but I mean, I like- Fuck. But, but I mean, but I like- I drive better high. Like, I, I wouldn't say I drive better high, but I drive just pretty reasonable. I drive definitely drive slower. Yeah. But I'm all, probably all, more, all I'm much more cautious. Is, yeah. Like, if it's going to be a thing where everyone accepts it and moves forward, like, there has to be a way, doesn't there, to, to, well, to be like- Well, not necessarily, because in America and Canada, they don't test for it. So they just don't test? Not that I'm aware of, no. Yeah, I might right. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Australia is one of the only countries in the world that does it, that does the the RBT test. Yeah, the yeah. Evidence 3 RBT is the program we're trying to work on. Yeah. Um, so the, the, our next stunt will probably involve something around that. Um, With the stunt thing too, like as in, <clears throat> like obviously you're doing that to make noise right and make people aware. Sorry. <clears throat> make no people problem. aware of what you're doing. Yeah. Surely he expected a big backlash from projecting that. Oh, onto of course, the of course, operator. of course. You know, it is what it is, and it's good yeah. for business. <laughs> it is good for business. You guys are aware of it. We got on the news, blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, the Daily Telegraph, this, that, blah. Yeah, and yeah, that was the point. But when they arrested us, they actually confiscated all the footage. Okay. And so this is the first time we've been arrested. You know, last year we took Scomo. Um, we took Scomo to. Three fake pounds of weed of, of cannabis <laughs> at Kirribilli House. Yeah. The year before that, we built a. Um, so the year before that, no, the the year before that, we put out. Oh, was that that? Was that 2019? I think it was two thousand. Yeah, it was 2019. We built a 26, 27 foot high um, cannabis Christmas tree, and we put it in where the Christmas tree goes in Martin Place in Sydney oh, on 420. Fucked. Obviously, all this has happened on 420. <laughs> and then the year Fuck before that, out. we put 100 <laughs> fake cannabis plants all through Sydney. And then originally, uh, the first one we did, or the first proper one we did, we did one before. The first one we actually flew, we made a big sign that said, Happy Birthday Weed, and we flew it up into the with oh, yeah. giant helium balloons. Yeah. And we ended up having Casa call us and... Because we blocked the we blocked one of the flight paths for the airport. Oh no! We, the cops came and you know, blah, <clears> and I'm there in a bong outfit in a super bong outfit, and the cops came and confiscate you know, blah blah. blah. Fucking hell! But we didn't get arrested for that. And then the 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 big the first big one we did was um we created a fake cannabis um grow room in the middle of King's Cross, like right. Obviously, I'll give you guys all the footage um that you can like link to or put yeah. it in whatever. Um, and so when we did that, we, we had the grow room and it said, who are we hurting? It was right down on William Street, just, just about a hundred meters down from where the Coke sign is. Um, and it was like a kind of like an art thing. And anyway, so when we first did it, we didn't know what was going to happen. This is the first time we've ever kind of done any kind of big level, high level stunt like this. Mm. And so I was working on a TV show at the moment and we went, we went back to my house because we set it up at about midnight one o'clock and I was with my chick at the time I dropped her off went back to my house with with, with craze um, and then it's about five and six in the morning he's like hitting me hitting me and he's like I'm like I need to sleep for an hour so I need five. anyways we ended up we ended up getting he gets like he wakes up and he's got like 10 missed phone calls and it's only like six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning at this time probably about 7 a.m. and um, it's the it's the owner of the shop that we rented and he said, you got to come now, you got to come now, you got to come now. So we go there and we go on the other side of William Street 
and we're looking across the highway and there's like probably about eight or nine cops there and like five news crews, Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 10, ABC, blah, blah, blah. So we Rochambeau, who's going to go have to deal with this and open yeah, yeah. the open the thing. <laughs> Anyways, I, I won, so I didn't have to do it. But he goes over and we didn't know whether we were going to get arrested or like yeah, yeah. better that he gets – because then I have the footage because when we both got arrested, yeah, all the other people in the crew, they, 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 they're they on the out – they, they kind of know what's going on, but they don't – they're not like seasoned veterans where we, you know, there's a system we have like we plug everything in, we do the upload into the cloud, then everything gets, you know, put into a drive and then the editor starts editing it to put out the press releases at like, you know, before the before the beginning of the news day at six in the morning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or before the – and then we send it out to all the press yeah. – to all the press – we do the big press release and blah, blah, blah. And then and normally what happens is one once one article goes, then everybody, you know, the brag – um uh, you know, Life Without Andy, Boss Hunting, The Daily Telegraph, you know, all that, they start and then Channel 7 and Channel 9 and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we've 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 led a pretty kind of, you know, um, big attack on, um, you know, on the powers that be to try and legalize it. Um, this one potentially probably could have been the most high-profile high one, yep. but when we got arrested, they confiscated a bunch of yeah. our footage. Um, and then- uh, I got I, my mate didn't sign the bail papers and I got let out and so I ran back to from the Chinatown cop shop and ran back to um, my hotel room because we got kicked out of the Hyatt. We were staying at the Hyatt right oh. next to um, where the opera house is. Yep. And so we had three different. I don't know if I'm allowed. To, I could get done for contempt of court for saying this, but whatever. Who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> so so that we had three different laser projectors and there's these there's these things called. Um, what the fuck are they called? Um, but there's these little laser boxes and they're fucking amazing. They're amazing. And um, and so, yeah, so we had one set up in the room. One, down, I was down near the uh, International Cruise Terminal and then we had another one projecting on the on the, the Harbour Bridge. Now, my friend had been there about a month before to kind of test the lasers to see if – because we measured it out and it was – ironically about 420 meters between <laughs> the laser and the point and so he got done by the caretaker and they you know blah 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 and he got a warning so under the crown law the um opera house is the only building in australia that's registered as a commercial trademark yeah right so i have another friend as an example he has a uh, like a jet f- flyboarding you know with the Yep. With the water coming out the back. So he has a flyboarding company. He do, excuse me. He does shout out to Richie. He does shows all over Australia. And he had a photo on his website as an advertisement. And he was doing a, sh- a paid show out the front of the, the Sydney, Sydney Luna Hub. Park. Yep. And then in the background is the Sydney Harbour Bridge and then the Opera House. Well, he got sent a letter of a cease and desist letter from the Australian government because the Opera House is pictured in the back of the photo. And he was using it for commercial use. Oh. So I'm getting I got charged under a similar law in that act, yep. if that makes sense. So the charge is um distributing, i.e. just like distributing like flyers or whatever, um at and at or advertising on the premises of the Sydney Opera House. With now, something like that, bro, what they'll like surely they're just going to try and drill you with any sort of thing they can get, won't they? Well, well, it, well, it, well my brother's worse. a lawyer, and obviously I'm I'm represented by Mark Davies, who just got all the climate activists off. They, he got the friendly Geordies off. He's like kind of like he used to be a famous journalist, and his partner is Nick Xenophon, who was a senator from um 
from uh, Adelaide, South Australia. Mm. So they've kind of formed this coalition, um, Sydney Criminal Lawyers, and um, they represent a lot of mischief-making people like myself and celebrity people and blah, 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 and they're quite good at, um, you know, sticking it to the man. Um, mm. So I'll probably get off, but the, what I'm facing is is about a $1,250 fine, but what really can affect me is that it comes with a criminal charge. Yeah, and that's now, the travel part. Yeah, yeah, that's the travel part. And I'm not worried about traveling. I need to be able to go back to America. I already own three businesses there. Yeah. We're launching our next business in about three weeks, which is called Byron Bay CBD. Yep. Um, and so I need to go back to the States. I've got an agent there. You know, I know yep. my, I've got family there I haven't seen in three years, obviously COVID, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's really critical to my kind of future. I have a Dutch passport, so I can always go to Europe and live in Europe. I'm not really worried about Japan, whatever. Yeah, yeah. America is like one of the only countries other than Canada. And I already lived in Canada for six years, so mm. I'm not really you know that fussed about Canada. Obviously, I love Canada, but America is very critical to – that's the yeah, center yeah. of my world. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? All the TV stuff, all the, all the ski stuff, all the cannabis stuff, it all kind of – relates all around California. And obviously, I've grown up there a lot of my life. So, so steering to that, bro, can you take us into some other ventures you got going on in America? Like you were just saying, then so, you rattled a few off. Yeah, like so what other so, stuff so we opened a, the weed dispensary. We've, um, we started a um, – I started a – well, I kind of invested in a company that I kind of helped found called Inspired Paws. It's a CBD company for pets um, with a friend of mine who's a famous ski filmmaker named Eric Iberg. That's mm. huge now, isn't it? Like, yeah, get, it's in like, the process. Getting your cats off anxiety yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's really good for Dope them. them up. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a process starting all these brands because um, you know I've had we've had limited capital, so we're we're about to do a big money raise for a bunch of money, and then that'll take it to the next level. You know, like at the moment, it's been kind of like my funds or you know family funds or you know just investments of fifty or a hundred here. You know, and that's it's we've probably spent yeah we've spent you know a fair amount of money to get everything kind of set up. Mm. And then um, we had a vape company um, called Fully Lit. Then they they made um, that game. we mm. had three different. Is this flavors. the cannabis one or no? Nigra- no, it was just just Nigra- nicotine. Yeah, um, that would have been massive. But then they leaked. They made they made it illegal here. Yeah, and I had a friend of a friend get done, and he had to pay like a thirty grand fine and like full on like. Because yeah. I know you can get a um, medicinal card or something, and then put it into the bigger vapes. Yeah, I think the boys were getting that sort of stuff. It's just Australia's a fucking nanny state. Yeah. Like, fuck off. I want to do what I want. Within reason, like, you know, like, I understand drink driving. I understand, you know. Oh, like don't, yeah, blokes Certain basically normal stuff. But, like, man, if what I do in my own house, like, if it doesn't affect anyone, like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, yeah. So it's, it's where like, did this love for weed come from, mate? Like, from the beginning, like, the skiing thing? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was, um. When I was um, skiing, I was a bump. I was a mogul skier back in the day, and um, I'd smoke. <laughs> I'd smoke cat weed a little bit, like when I was a kid, and like I had dad friends of my dad's. It was always kind of like a naughty thing. Like I remember one of my dad's mates came over when I was probably about probably about eight or nine years old, and my dad told me that he just got out of jail, and I'm like, "What did he get out of jail for?" And he's like, "Oh, he grew cat. He grew marijuana." And I was like, "Oh, what's marijuana?" Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my dad's an OG. <laughs> You know, he knows a lot of people. He's friends with Michael Hutchins and my uncle's the drummer for ACDC on my mum's side and blah, you know, like, oh, so they're, yeah. they're wild hippies. My dad lived in the 70s and went skiing. Yeah, You know, they're my yeah. parents are pretty free-thinking people, mm-hmm. but it was always kind of like a little bit, I wouldn't say, yeah, it was kind of frowned upon. It was kind of like the naughty, the naughty lettuce, you know what I mean? I didn't, yeah. and I didn't really see it around me. And then 
I think I smoked weed a couple of times in like grade seven. And then I moved to, um, I went to Whistler when I was 14 or 15 after I'd been living in France yep. for a year. And I went to summer camp there. And uh, a kid named Stefan Thomas, who ended up becoming one of the bigger pro skiers in the world, um, he used to have little ratty little dreadlocks. And I still remember being at the fucking Vancouver airport, like fresh eyed. And it's like, I'm 15 and I'm like going to this summer camp for the first time that I've been, I've known about. And I'm like, this is fucking sick. And I just, he comes up to me with his little ratty dreadlocks. He's like, yeah, when I see my rollerblade footage and I, and I became coming home with him and yeah. we were in the same ski group. Cause we were like at the similar level, like they put you in the groups and then like the, the emerging like kids that were like on their way to doing stuff that are doing, you know, back then, you know, cork seven was a really big trick. Yeah. And so he, he's in my group. And I'm like, oh, wow, this guy. And he had the best style. He's a fucking, such a G. Such a fucking G. Yeah. And um, so if anyone out there gets to go check out Stefan Thomas, level one, uh, long story short segment, one of the best segments ever, uh, ski segments. Um, anyway, so I was with him and um, we went to the High North Hotel. There's another summer camp because I was at SMS. So it was a bit more clean cut and I was still skiing moguls then. Because my dad was like, oh, well, because I really wanted to go to the Olympics when I was a little kid. Yeah. And um, this is kind of what ruined that kind of whole dream. This probably this one moment. And um, we went into the um, we went into the it was on a down day. It was pissing down with rain, and we went to the High North Hotel. We bought an eighth off the block in Whistler, like fifteen, like little yeah, yeah. little fucking hobbit kids. And we they made an apple bong, and we smoked the whole. We sat there for about three hours, and we smoked the whole eighth through the apple bong. And then Stefan ate the apple, and I've never seen <laughs> someone, almost anyone, I was so high. He looked at his little dreadlocks and his little ratty eyes. It was very, very funny. And after that, kind of, there was a downhill, a downhill Spine. slope. Yeah. After that, you know, yeah, I right. kind of became, um, you know, a pothead. And I think there was a couple of cats that were very influential um, in the ski world, Mikhail Deshno, um and uh, Tanner Hall. And I remember... Royalty was my favorite ski movie that ever came out, and it was made by uh, the gentleman who I started this, or who who co-owns the uh, Inspired Paws company. It was called Royalty, and Mikel Deshno had a segment in it, and it was like to like Rastafarian music, and he's born it, and he's smoking mad hooters in his between the like the phases, and just doing like drawbacks and like a big blunt, and I was like, and he had little little dreadlocks, and I was like, wow. Mm. After that, I was like, that's what I identified with after that. Because you're the, all like right into your uh, filmmaking and shit, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro- produ- like producing is producing. what I do. Um, I do a little bit of directing. I'm kind of getting into that, but I'm, I, I'd rather pay someone that's better at it and then just kind of like have more so creative director. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I own a creative agency called People Like Us. We do a lot of stuff for like companies like Fireball, a little bit of stuff with Red Bull and yeah. cannabis companies. It just depends on the project. At the moment, we're doing the- um, the Maxim Magazine 11th anniversary party next that month. That the men's magazine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I work for them. I work with them. Yep, um, yep. How does that sort of thing survive these days with Instagram? Like, um, Just probably on a marquee name and then yeah. having events like this one, which you guys should come to. Yep. I don't know if you'll, you'll have wives, but I don't know if you have wives by the end of it. <laughs> oh, um, I doubt I'll be coming. Nothing wrong with we'll looking, find, we'll, find, we'll find a blind one and then... Find out what a guide dog eats and yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. hook him up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, nah, man, it's uh, it's pretty like hearing your story a couple of times, like on different things before about like where you've been and what you've done, like even getting into like directing pornos and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. how I the did that, fuck I, do you get into that? Well, originally, I used to run a men's magazine called Apollo with one of my friends, and I actually met him on the. He was a doctor, and obviously, I can't mention his name. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I met him on the Style Life forum, and Style Life was the forum. That I don't know if you guys ever got into forums, but forums back in the day. Not anyway, something went wrong with a car fucking, or jet ski. With yeah. the with fucking with the shit, and the one that I grew up on the most was newschoolers.com, which is like a ski one. I was been on that for fifteen. I still check that almost every day. Yeah. Um, it's in, in, in skateboarding. It's Slap Magazine. Uh, no Slap Slap yeah, forums. Yeah, yeah. You've oh. probably heard of that before. Yep. And then back in the day, there was also snowboard.com. Um, great place to pick up chicks. It was like snowboard profiles for with my remember MySpace. Yep. Fuck man, I got so many roots off that fucking platform. It was amazing. <laughs> you used to be able to search. You used to be able to search within thirty kilometers of where you were going. So I'd go somewhere on a ski trip for like a sponsor or a like film that. trip, and I and I just have the same. I still use the same method now. It's just a fucking cut and paste, and just message thirty fucking chicks. Ten will write back. You'll fuck three of them. Every single city around the world. Yeah. Now with Instagram, you kind of got to like you got to do a bit more work to, and it's kind of you're not a Tinder um, operator. No, nah, I don't like Tinder. No, nah, right. it's not really my seeking. dot com is a new one that I'm yeah, I'm, right I'm endeavouring to. I haven't gone there yet, but like once I make a bunch more money, fuck, I'll just just pay him to leave, like Charlie Sheen said. Um, yeah. So what? <laughs> so yeah. So um. What was the what was the, the question the, again? Direct and porn. Oh, direct and porn. Yeah, sorry, so 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 sorry. I apologise. There's no, no, so you're much right. so much random bullshit that I've done. So I met this dude on the Style Life forum, which was the ga- the forum for the game. You remember the book, the game that Neil Strauss wrote about mystery, the mystery method, and stuff like that. It's like a pickup book, and it started yeah, right, eh? in about 2009, 2008, 2009, 2010. It started this big pickup movement, and I went on there and I found this. I met met these a wingman to go hang out and go pick up girls with and learn sarging as they called it. You know what I mean? What do they call it? Sarging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was named after some PUA guy's fucking cat or some shit like that. And I was like, <laughs> I love women, right? Obviously it's very, yeah. very prominent. The playboy lifestyle bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. Um, and obviously I wanted to hone the craft, you know? Yeah. And I was traveling around the world. And so we ended up, I met this guy and we became, we hit it off and we ended up going to the playboy mansion together. And, um, we we went there and it was Venetian masquerade ball, and we took Stop. um we took uh, masks that were in the shape of Hugh Hefner, yep. and um I had a flashing badge that said a dingo stole my baby, <laughs> and all this shit happened. I hooked up with Miss October. I got blacked out, drunk, went and woke up in a hedge in the back behind the game. Like all sorts of crazy shit happened. Was Hugh still alive then? Yeah, 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 yeah. I met yeah. him. I met you him. Met him. Yeah, yeah, I went twice. I met him. I met him twice, <laughs> two different times. True. He's a fucking G. So my ex girlfriend <laughs> used to be a um. Oh, that was that was yeah. I had a I had a porn star girlfriend that I met in Canada, and <laughs> she ended up becoming. She was the two thousand and. 11 penthouse pet of the year for Australia. Yeah. She's living with my with my family anyway. Long that's another we'll go yeah, there yeah. after. So this is like the timeline. So we ended up we ended up um going to the Playboy Mansion. Then Ralph magazine wrote yeah. an article about us, a four-page article that my mate wrote. Mm. And then after that we ended up starting this men's magazine called Apollo. And it was like a high-end magazine, men's mag kind of like GQ. Through that I started interacting with another filmmaker friend of mine. And I became friends with Kiki Vetus. And Kiki Vetus was the, um, the like, first, well, not, I wouldn't say the first, but the, at the time, she was 
one of the biggest, probably top five biggest porn stars in the world. She won the AVN Rookie of the Year. She's a boss. And she had a company that was doing uh, like porn as a porn agent. So she was repping people that you could pay to shoot porn. So I started this company. It was going to be called Jasmine Honeys. Um, and we were going to shoot high-end porn for couples, yep. um, full sensual. And we ended up – I only directed about probably about three or four different scenes. Um, and then it just ended up costing too much money. And then a lot of the girls weren't – like now they're only fans. There's a lot more chicks that are that are doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Bro, what was that like? Do you have to be like, yeah, a bit, bit harder, mate. Get into it. Or, yeah, move <laughs> your leg, man, bro. I like, – they you? – Fuck you want the X-rated version? Yeah, oh, dude, fucking, I just don't, right. wouldn't know what it's like. Like as in fucking as if. Right, well, gonna- well, I shot a scene between her and Mishka Venta, and um, one of them came to the set. Now she was a bit. She'd put on a bit of. She she kind of catfished us a little bit. She'd put on a bit of a bit of love, and that wasn't oh, yeah. Kiki. So I'm not going to mention the other girl's name because it was that'd just be mean. Yeah. But anyway, so we're in the scene. We we ended up hiring this big mansion on. Uh, in like broad beach waters or something. Now, technically in Australia, it's if legal. you're not a couple, it's illegal yeah. to shoot porn unless it's shot in Canberra. Ah, so okay. they were shooting the day before because we got it for three days and they were shooting out near the pool and someone called the cops and they got kicked out of the Airbnb. So we ended up going to this guy named Carter's house and Carter was a juggalo. Do you know what a juggalo is? You know, like insane clown posse. He was like an Aussie juggalo rapper. Interesting. Anyway, so that's another... So we go to his house. Holy. We ended up shooting a, a porn. We shoot the porno, and I rock up. I've never been on a porn set. I've dated porn stars. I've had a wild life, but this is kind of like the beginnings of kind of more what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, and there's certain subjects I'm not. I can't necessarily talk about because of yeah, yeah. anonymity. Yeah. Um, so I walk into the to this to the new location, and they were shooting photos for fridge magnets. Remember when strippers used to do yeah. their fridge magnets and stuff? So they were shooting photos for that on a on a green screen or like black backdrop. And Kiki comes out, and she didn't have any pants on. She just had a little fucking landing strip, little fucking. She was a redhead. She looks like Isla Fisher, and um. She comes out and she's like, Will, and she gives me a big cuddle. And I'm like, oh my, what the fuck? And I look down and I'm just like, just to just to double check, I'm not like seeing things in my brain. And then anyways, we end, we ended up going upstairs and we start the start the scene and I'm directing and I, you know, I'm reasonably kind of intuitive with this kind of stuff. Um, obviously, I haven't been on porn sets before, but, you know, I've grown up around cameras. I've been shooting with some of the best filmers in the world for skiing and yada, 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 bullshit. You, so you, you see it and it's, it's not fucking rocket science, right? And I'm sure to get really good at it is a it's a process, but it's not out of my wheelhouse to be able to learn how to do that. So they Kiki pulls out this fucking crystal glass double sided dildo that was like thick, like a really nice bong. And it was like fucking like probably about twelve inches and it was curved. Yeah. And so she got up on top of the the like the the bed stand and then Mish the other chick was on the floor and they were double Scissoring on the end of the dildo, cat dogging, fucking going hard. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I, I'm not phased by much, man. And I was like, fuck. And I got the biggest chubby fucking hard on. I had to go into the fucking. I just I went. I'll be back in a second. I went into the bathroom and did the whole pull the dick up, duct tape it, duct tape yeah. it to the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. And I've got like I'm pretty synonymous for my very large feet, so it's very visible. That's what hence Willie Biggs. I didn't give myself that name, obviously. Yeah, so it's the um, sword. I'm not gonna. You can ask. Yeah, yeah. You can ask some. Get some porn star chick like that I fucked on here. Something like that. <laughs> you know, babies. <laughs> so and then so so I, and then I come back out and then they finished it and I was like 
fuck, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, um, I, I probably will get back into that and I might have dabbled that I'm not allowed to talk about a little bit. Yeah. But I'll keep that one anonymous. Um, mm. you know, I didn't realise you could do it in Canberra when yeah. you're not a couple. I thought it was completely illegal no, in Australia. No, can you just no. say you're a couple for the day? No, nah, you don't. Oh. Or do you have to be like Man, a that, registered couple? Dude, my homeboy, the Mr. Iconic, that's another dude you guys should, he's a big porn star. He's like one Australian porn star of the year, two, two years. Yeah, he shot rooted. with a hundred different chicks. So all these chicks are realising he was, and my, the, my other friend Haley, she was on MAFs. She's a porn star now. She, when she got off MAFs, she made like, I heard the rumour, she didn't tell me factually, but I heard she was making about 40 grand a week. Yeah, great. look it. at these OnlyFans so, girls, and they're doing contact with blokes, oh, so that's sort of the same sort I'm of thing. I'm so down with that shit. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've shot like six scenes. Don't tell anyone. I even though I'm going to go on and tell them the biggest podcast in Australia and say it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't put it out yet. Yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Um, fuck, it's amazing. It's so much fun. Yeah. Just POV porn. It's fucking so sick. <laughs> and you get to fuck a real... Like, I remember I shot one scene with a girl, and um, and I'm like... And I probably won't put this out, so it doesn't actually matter. But I, I, I shot one scene. I go over to her house, and she's a pretty hot chick, and I'd already hooked up with her previously. She's a quite a well-known porn star. And um, she's like, comes over. She's like, yeah, yeah, come over. Go to a house. There's no one there. Coming to fix Smoking your sink. Smoking bongs. I'm here coming <laughs> to fix the sink. Smoke some bongs. Fuck. <clears throat> shot a video of her giving me a blowjob while – Smoking a bong, which I, I really want to publish because it's fucking awesome. And then um, we shot in a scene and then we smoked some more bongs and then we shot another scene and she's like, oh, bye. I just get my car and I'm like, fuck, that was awesome. Less. Yeah. <laughs> so what, are you still doing that now? Still shooting uh, pornos I have and been, shit? Or? I have been doing it on the side, just kind of like all around. Yeah. But um, Would you consider a porno just rooting and getting your iPhone and being like, what? Is that a porno? Yeah. Or are you no, like well, set up only, with the lights? That, well, I've got action. the lights and everything, but, yeah. but from what I've been told, normally I shoot everything with reds or with high, you know, like really high-end camera yeah, equipment, yeah, all, right the, right. all the content, TV, blah, 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 all the, all the stuff that I put on my YouTube and do for mm. brands and stuff like that. But um, apparently the amateur stuff resonates more. Yeah, so, that's huge at the moment. So, um, was well, that like people being able to relate to it more or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess so. I guess amateur. It's probably yeah. I don't know. It's like depends on what your fetish is. I guess mm. some people like feet. Bro, some, can you explain the feet thing? I fucking hate feet. So oh, I don't know. fuck's sake! Would you, My Jamie? Feet. Do you into feet? No, we asked you last. What? No, 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 no feet. Someone fucking reach he out looks about like, the foot he, thing. he looks like a finger guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> or a knee man. He's getting roasted in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's wild, eh? We went through that with Jace, man. We had a look at the, like, Googled up the feet thing, trying to figure it out. <laughs> Fucks me, man. It's pretty yeah, wild. People though. are pretty, pretty. What's some of the weirdest fetishes that you've seen that has spun you the fuck um, out? One of my other friends who will remain anonymous yeah. is a reality TV show guy. And if I told you who he is, you might know him. I don't really watch television, even though I make fucking content and blah, blah, blah. Um, we were driving to. Um, we were driving to uh, where the fuck was it? Um, oh, what the what's the fucking shithole town in the middle of fucking next to Brisbane? With um, okay. Logan, Ipswich. No, no, further out. Um, no idea. Oh, Toowoomba. 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 Sorry yeah, to all hey. the people in Toowoomba, but yeah, Toowoomba is a fucking shithole. Yeah, um, I agree. And uh, <laughs> so, if you want to kill me, you all come find me. Um, now, so we were on our way out to Toowoomba for the Freestyle Kings, the FMX show. Yeah. And I've got a bunch of influencers, and they gave us a bus and shit. And um, we picked up a bunch of people, and we, you know, smoking weed and getting on it and driving out there. And my homie 
And I was like, oh, he was friends with my ex-girlfriend and he just was randomly, he goes, oh, look at this. And there's a video of this quite a famous girl I know getting pissed on and she's like all about it. She's like, like fucking just like- Just loving the golden It's like, chair. you know, the dog, the dog in the fucking, in the, in the, in the hose. She was like full doing laps in it. And I was like, wow. like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, I almost crashed the bus. I'm like, don't fucking show me that shit. It's like, yeah. I fucking love it, cunt. <laughs> she, wouldn't, she wouldn't like what mine's like today. I haven't drank any water. I could I could piss through styrofoam at the moment. It's like fluorite. <laughs> so tell me, are you a Voldemort kind of guy? Are you like a, a blow darter? <laughs> nah, mate. Cam and I have witnessed a blow dart live. And Fair uh, few look, not live. our thing. No. no. Not, not a, like, hey, if, if you like the, the dart. Then uh, go for it. But I think female guys. to male, it probably could be accepted, but we've only seen it male to male. Fucking boys, oh, on, boys on tour. Yeah, boys that's on tour. two days old in the dorm room. You roll in and go, wow. Okay. The boys are in the trenches. Yeah. Yeah, get, getting a bit wild and you go, right, this is where we're at. A couple of loose units and uh, off you go moving on. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's why I, like, par- I, like, I like partying with chicks, not dudes. Yeah, yeah well, that does make sense. <laughs> yeah. That does make sense. Uh-huh. So what he- are some of the best, like, parties? Because like, obviously you've been in that scene for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what? How old are you now? 30? 35. 35 and you're in, still oh, hooking in. in so, like, you've had a lot of years I'm in the prime now. In yeah, America like and that. I'm getting my shit together. I'm not... I'm a, I'm like, fuck, I, I always date, like, the fucking, the sevens and eights and, the nine, like, the kind of the nines, it's like, whatever, you don't give a fuck, you just keep fucking strippers and porn stars, but then when you get, like, a really hot one, I'm a pussy and I fall in love too easy, and so, like, now I'm becoming a bit more, like, not so much of a bitch, a bit more like Andrew Tate, a little bit more like, fuck off, and it works way better, yeah, but, yeah, you know, well. when you got a fucking chick that looks like she could melt ice... And she got the pussy that tastes like French vanilla ice cream. <laughs> it's fucking pretty addictive, man. And I, I'm not addicted. I don't, you know, I do coke occasionally. I like smoking weed, but I don't smoke all the time. I smoke sporadically, unless mm. it's more of a social thing. We just went to the Australian Cannabis Cup about probably about last week or it was two weeks ago or something like that. Cannabis um, Cup? Yeah, that was pretty rad. Is that who can pull the most cones in a minute or nah, something? No, they did do that back in the day. There was a, there was a <laughs> skate. There was a skate. Um, Before the hot dog eating contest. There was a skate uh, <laughs> magazine called Big Brother, which was the pre pre Jackass. So they're the guy. That's what Jackass came from. Okay. There's a movie called The Day the World Ended. It's about Steve Rocco, and he started um, World Industries, and then he also started Big Brother magazine, and that's who Jeff Tremaine worked for. That's how Johnny Knoxville yeah, right. came up. They made they print, they printed an article about how to commit suicide, and then they they did all sorts of controversial shit. He ended up. Um, Rocco ended up send it, selling it to Larry Flint, you know, like Hustler magazine mm. yeah. kind of thing. And um, and so uh, that was – they did a bong smoking Olympics back in the day in like 96 <laughs> or some shit. I've never seen it again. I, but the Cannabis Cup comes from um, comes from like high times and they've been doing it for years and years and years in yeah, California. Right. And people bring their best strains and then people vote on them. Oh, and yeah. how it worked in Australia, it's very underground. They They – you know, they, they pick an anonymous place and then they tell you, like, the day before. You know, and it's really only the heads in the community or it's kind of out in like the northern, northern, New, sort of shit. northern New South yeah. Wales kind of, kind of you know, hippie yep. vibe. Um, and uh, people bring their, their – they have a flower category, so there's about 20 different strains of weed. And then they have a dab and wax category, so that's like hash and wax and – and dabs, and so you pick your favorite three weed strains yep. and your favorite two hashes based off the smell and the touch. They put them on plates all around in a big circle, 
and then you pick, you kind of like look at them and you're like, yeah, mm. I like that one, I like that one, and then they'll give you a little bit to smoke and you smoke it and then you vote on what your favorite one is. Bro, what's the dab thing? What's going on there? Are you are you a fan of the dab? Uh, yeah, I like dabs. I don't I don't like partake in it like very often. I don't have a dab rig or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but this company that I kind of work with that um craze that I do the things with um our mate Richie he owns a a bong and dab rig company called Seven Ten at Four Twenty. Mm. Um, so they sponsor a lot of stuff that we do. So if you need a dab rig, check them out. Um, obviously when I go to events like that, I'll have a dab. Mm. Um. You know, Moon Rocks, the pretty fucking gnarly. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I love edibles. Um, I do that a lot. My mom now makes edibles for me, which is pretty rad. Shout out to mom. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah she loves them. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking on your parents, so they owned what was it, Fusion? They used to own Fusion, yeah. So but when, I was, when I was growing up, they had um, probably the three most famous Mexican restaurants in Australia. Yeah, right. They won Best Mexican in Australia about four times on the northern beaches in Sydney, and then they won in Coogee and won in Avalon, yep. yada, yada, yada. Um, and then, yeah, when we moved up here, because my dad was partying too much, we moved up here and then, um, and then indirectly one of my dad's mates had a speaker box company and it was going bankrupt and my dad's mate was going to go to jail. So my dad paid out the loan that needed, so his mate wouldn't go to jail because my dad's a pretty stand up dude. Yep. Paid it out, and then he started another speaker box company called Beaver Box. So they made you remember subwoofer boxes? Yep. Mm. They had the six by nines, and they had the so it was all like sexually twelve inch kind of sixteen. Yes, super. Yeah. So they just they they had a speaker box manufacturing company, and then my dad went to the CES show, and um, and he's like in Vegas, and he's like trying to find a company that he could import to make his money back, and he came across Fusion. They didn't have an Australian dealership like distribution agent and then um you know they ended up pulling the trigger on that one and so they had that for about i think about six years from when i was about i think i think i was about probably about 16 until i was about 22 that was sort of the range because like everyone was right into that with cars and stuff like that now we obviously everything's upgraded people aren't really doing that no no that whole fast and the furious era yeah was pretty cool that's Um, right we went to i fucking i never was into cars I didn't really give a fuck, which I probably should have, but I never cared. I didn't get my license till I was like 22. I just drove for like five years with no license. I never got pulled over. <laughs> yeah. um, and just had some shitbox car, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I never gave, I never gave a fuck. It just wasn't really what I was into. I cared about skiing and pussy and yeah. getting drunk. I didn't even do cocaine back then. I never, I didn't touch cocaine until I was, I think I did it once when I was like 14 or 15 and we went surfing and that was like, and that was once. Good day on the water. Then, yeah, it was pretty. I don't like, I just remember being like charged and like, um, but yeah, then they did fusion for about, I think about six or seven years. And it was really fun. We sponsored the Krusty Tour. That's mm-hmm. how I'm friends with Robbie Madison and yeah, nice. Robbie Adelberg and Seth Enslow back in the day. And the Metal Militia guys were on that first tour. Fuck their assholes back then. And they had the fucking coffin cheaters from yeah. Perth as their fucking security. That was pretty f- cool. And then um, obviously Auto Salon. Um, summer nats. Um, so it was pretty cool to go. I'd be overseas six, seven months a year, eight months a year, mm. and then I'd come back, and then we'd go on to car shows, and we'd go on to Krusty tour, and so it was a good, it was pretty cool balance, I guess. Would have been pretty crazy to grow up with that sort of in that sort of lifestyle. I suppose. Would you reckon that's why you've you you like living sort of. How do you put it on fucking, the edge? Hundred percent. Like no, no, that's why no, you no, definitely. But my old man, my dad was like a national champion um, water skier. So things have always been so like at was, an extreme he was, level. He was barefooting when he was eight, 
Yeah. You know, my grandfather was a famous aeronautical engineer. Um, there's a there's a shrine dedicated to him in 1927. They flew the first non-stop transatlantic mail flight from Rotterdam to Aruba, and the engine blew up, and he went out and fixed the engine while they were flying, and <laughs> he got knighted by Queen Beatrix in, in Holland, who owns oh, BP. She's very – one of the – they say one of the heads of the Illuminati, fan, like, group. Um, and so I think, that, I think that that cavalier – I never met my grandfather, but he had my dad when he was 53 on his third marriage. Mm-hmm. And they met in Erie and Jaya, which is Java, at the end of World War Two, mm. just after World War Two, And then they had my dad in 55 or whatever. So, and then my dad, they owned a, a water ski grounds. And then my dad's, my dad's, um, my grandfather, he kept getting pissed off that the the bank of the river was getting all fucked with by the boats going past. So he invented a, bo- a boat called the Stockcraft, which at the time was probably the most revolutionary boat hull that had ever been designed. And um, and it, it had no wake. And so he ended up, he's a famous inventor, was on Beyond 2000 in the 1983, I think. And then all the, a bunch, like all the, all the public ferries in Hong Kong and Singapore Harbor were Stockcraft. Yep. And then blah, blah, blah. They ended up selling that. But you either have an inventing mind or you have a, a, Marketing mind, very rare. Do you have both? Um, so you know, like Elon Musk, he's not out there selling his Teslas. You know, he's his brother created Kimbo is actually the genius of the family. They say he created all the processes and all the structure and everything for the companies that they did together. Yep. Um, so I think that that cavalier attitude of thinking outside the box is probably pretty ingrained in me from a, from mm. the get-go. Do you do any yes. business courses or anything um, or just sort just of learn from the family? Learn and then- from the family and yep. then um, just read a lot of books and obviously I've, you know, I've, I've had – a lot of big sponsors. I've been sponsored by Dragon. I've worked with Red Bull. I've you know Those I've, connections. Had energy, I've had big energy drink companies. I've ridden for big ski companies. So you know I've always been around the marketing of it. I think that also I think being around the fusion and the crusty demons thing probably helped a lot as well. Yeah. Um. But you know my dad, he's done everything. He's he had an excavator business. He had three Mexican restaurants. He had a ski shop before I was born. Yeah. He was importing Harleys for a long time. Then he was importing toy haulers. So it's did- pretty crazy, like, coming coming from, like, us. Hey, like, we just sort of grew up, and I suppose you could say a standard, you know, just run-of-the-mill. Yeah. Like, mum and dad had a job, and I suppose it's, it's yeah, quite interesting. Businesses, no, real estate, interesting talking environment, to you about, like- Environment versus nurture. I think my, my attitude and cavalier – take on the world was definitely very influenced from my f- upbringing yeah it's like obviously my mate who i the, as an example my friend that i started that men's magazine with that i went to the playboy mansion his father was a doctor and his grandfather was a doctor yeah his brother became a vet he became a doctor so it's like you know that's the same with lawyer families yeah, yeah banking families it just is what it is you know not always the time all the time but um definitely and i think it's a big definitely a big influence for sure yeah, for, yeah. for example like Starting like for me to start a company overseas, like where would you start with something like that? Well, that that kind of happened because um, of partners. Me. Yeah, yeah, partners. I didn't set. I, I helped set that up. Yeah, but yeah. He, we but for you yourself it. to go do that, yeah, you yeah. can't. You need that partner, don't you? Yeah. Well, I could. I could do it, but yeah, pretty much because like I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not a U.S. resident, so I couldn't do yeah. it. So what do they class that as? Like we're um, proprietary limited here. Is it LLC? It's, a, it's or an something? LLC. Yeah. yeah. So we have, I think, two or three different LLCs C's, in the yep. states. Yeah. Um, and that the gentleman that I opened that with is my friend Corey Zyla. Um, we were on the free ride world tour together. Um, yep. We competed and. Um, I actually met him during a my friend Ian McIntosh 
introduced us. He was doing an interview for Eurosport at the bottom of the European Championships for Slopestyle in Verbier, where I used to live. And I'm sitting behind him and he had this big beard and he was only like 17 and he looked, they called him old man because he looked really old, but it's only because he had like a big Fu Manchu beard when he was that age. And he's sitting and he's getting interviewed on Eurosport and I'm in behind in the background smoking a joint and blowing big clouds. And he kept this cool. And um, anyways, he says to me, he's like, oh, I need some weed, blah, blah, blah. And Ian McIntosh came over and he's like, oh, he vouched for him. He's like, oh, can you get him some weed? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got weed. No worries, no worries. And I was living at the bottom of the valley in Lashab and the gondola closes to go up to Verbier um, at like six o'clock. And I went home after that day and I was like fucking really stoned and I was like got really high and I was like, oh, fuck, I couldn't be fucked. I went to sleep. And then <clears throat> fast forward about five or six days, um, you know, Corey's everyone's gone from the. I went to the next party the next night, and I didn't see Corey, and he's disappeared. And um, my dad came to town. He came, flew into Geneva, and caught the train. So I met him at the train station. We had breakfast, and then I went back to my house, and he was staying in Verbier, up in the nice area with one of his friends. And I was in the ghetto down in the in the cowpoke in the fucking down the bottom of the valley. And um, and so I'm walking across the train tracks to go back to my house, and I hear this will. And I'm fucking turning around and there's Corey with his ski bags and two of other friends. And I was living in this big one-bedroom place and I was paying like 200 Swiss francs a week and it was right above this big where they keep all the cows in the wintertime. It smelled like piss, but it, was, but it was cheap and it was it was, it was was fucking easy. And I, I just didn't give a fuck. And people come. So they come and um, they're like, oh, we've been in fucking Austria. We went to St. Anton. We didn't book anywhere to stay. There was nowhere for us to stay. So they ended up sleeping in their board bags in like minus 15 oh. on the fucking train oh. platform. And my mate's a big, big pothead and he hasn't smoked any weed for like three days and blah, blah, blah. He's like, Whoa. I'm like, where the fuck are you guys staying? They're like, we don't know. We're like, they're just, you know, and I'm like, oh, whatever. You guys can just come crash at my place. And so they ended up coming and, you know, there's like seven of us in a tiny little room. I've got a bed, so I don't give a fuck. They're all sleeping on the floor, on pillows and whatever. And, you know, I don't give a fuck. Like, they're my friends. They can come. If I had a – especially in a very expensive place to stay, Verbi yeah. is one of the most exclusive ski resorts in the world. Mm. I did leave a few seasons up in the mountain um, most of the time with my parents. But to, like, live there even, like, 15, 18 years ago, you needed to pay 10000 bucks at the beginning of the winter just to rent a room. You know, now it's probably – who yeah. knows how expensive? So it's not. It wasn't very accessible. That was like Whistler um, for us. We just couldn't get out. Uh, I, lived, and I lived in Whistler for four, four and a half, almost five winters. Yeah. The first time I moved there, um, I ended up. I went to Europe for the beginning of the winter. I went to Verbier with my parents for for Christmas and shit. And they did their, they did their fam their their, their thing, and um, they're not living there for that winter. Um, and so we end up. I end up flying to. Um, Whistler from to Vancouver from from uh, Geneva, and I get there and I'm like I stayed in my mate's house and I'm on my mates on my mate's couch in staff housing on Blackcomb. Yep, it's fucking so ghetto. And then after about two days, I'm like oh, I can't sleep. I'm itchy and I got like fucking hives <laughs> and shit like that. And so, anyways, I ended up living at the boot at the fucking um at what's it called the shoestring lodge i lived at Southside lodge i lived at 26 different places yeah. in yeah. two months because there was nowhere to live yeah people used to low, sleep so. people used to sleep on the deck of the peak office peak is the yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the magazine yeah, the yep yeah. um they used to sleep on the peak uh deck and wait for the for the fucking magazine to come out and then they they'd ring up all the available leases and stuff like that i remember going to one showing and there was thirty 
plus people yeah. waiting to like just to view the property. Well, mm. we yeah, we laughed about they were taking photos of us so they can just remember us and the next lot come in. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. We, ended I ended up, up, we ended up fucking living in a dungeon. Five of us. Yeah, I lived in a can, sauna yeah. for a month. I lived in my mate's sauna for a month. It was turned off, obviously. I just yeah. put a put a fucking futon down and, and a sleeping bag and yeah. slept in the sauna for a month. And then I finally found a place and I was like, it was a thousand bucks a month for this tiny little room. It was a bit expensive for that, that time. Mm. So I just used my travel budget, borrowed a, a grand off my dad and just put the deposit down. I was only there for three weeks and then I broke my back and- um, Back. And I fucking had to go home, and she wouldn't give me the money back. So that was a bit of a pain in the ass. But yeah, Whistler's definitely. I like Whistler more in the springtime, and like probably that's like May. Say, the summer. Oh yeah, amazing. Oh, summer as well. was amazing, man. Yeah, I just loved it. Five nightclubs, five thousand people your own age. Um, that's why we just yeah, got stuck there. We used there, to mate. go to fucking Garfinkels, Garfinkels and yep. Mojos and Tommy Tuesdays. Tommy's, yep. Swedish Apres. Yeah, go to fucking good. um, what the fuck is um. We're all the Buffalo Bills Buffalo, and pick yeah. up MILFs. Longhorns at the bottom of the run there. Fuck yeah. yeah dude. My there. mate used to work at the Longhorn. Mm. And um we used to go in there and we fucking fucking steal food and I used to, I did <laughs> I did a whole season. I broke my um I broke my back and my I couldn't use my ski pass and there was this fat drug dealer dude that I knew that kinda looked like me and he had glasses, so I I put my put my hair down and put his glasses on and take took another new season photo and I, I gave it to him. Um, for a blowjob from a hooker in in on in um in Vancouver after I got out of the hospital with the broken back. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I'll I'll, I'll pay for a blowjob for you if you give me a pass. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, I've been sex and like I've been like lying in traction for like three or fucking days. Didn't yeah. know if I was going to be able to walk again. And I'm like, fuck yeah. So, anyways, I go back. I go back in the summertime, and I go back the next season. And he got caught um in the summer, um using my pass because you get the pass to um. You can go walking on the pass. And you can't. Oh, you can't yeah. go skiing. So he was downloading with his skis, and they checked his pass, and then he got done. Uh, so the next season, I come to go pay for my season ticket. It was like two grand. I had the two grand, in my, and they're like, "Oh, you're gonna have to pay this five hundred dollar fine for your friend, like for because you got caught." And I didn't get caught, but I, obviously I didn't say anything. And I'm like, "Fuck!" So I didn't have the extra five hundred bucks at the time. So I'm like. Oh, fuck it. I went and bought a fucking pound. And um, I skied the whole season with no pass. Yeah, right. So the sniffle sneak on, on – um, <laughs> it was the sniffle sneak on um, on Blackcomb and we did the, the gondola at the bottom of the thing just opposite the Longhorn. Yeah. There was the, the sniffle, the little – there was the little um, – oh. there was the little uh, uh, net, like um, – Tissue dispenser, yeah. So yep. we called it the sniffle sneak. So we'd get, we'd we'd kind of distract or when the guy when the ticket checker guy wasn't looking, you just fucking just jab in and 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 jump in and then and then you you'd get you just jump on the gondola and you fuck because once you're up the back in the day, yeah. once you're above yeah, fucking right. staff, there's no fucking checking tickets. No, yeah. So for the whole winter, except on a powder day, I'd buy a fucking hundred and twenty dollar ticket just so I could and just, then hook just so in. I could cook in and we'd go film yep. and blah blah blah. But most of the time, and then at the I remember at the end of the winter, I was living I, after I moved out of my spot, I was staying at Southside Lodge and I had a full film crew with me, and um I went and met the Aussie lifty, like the Aussie checker. Yeah. I was like, hey bro, I'm like I'm pro, I'm a skier, blah blah blah. I'm here filming. He's like, oh, I'm like if I hook you up, like will you? Can we come up? And he's like, yeah, no worries. I just gave him a nug every morning. Just give him weed. Fuck yeah, yeah those dudes are on $11.25 an hour bu- like I was, bruh. You just do whatever. Are you a lifty, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was for a while. Nice. Just fucking- I was at the tube park. 
Yeah. yeah. I had another mate that worked at Boston Pizza. Fucking, he used to, he, I used to give him like half an eighth and he'd give me like 50, 60 bucks worth of food. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And I, so weed was my trade and I used to, I was selling weed. I was never a good weed dealer because I would, um, I was always like, I'd buy a pound and then I'd smoke fucking half of it and then I'd put my <laughs> travel budget in to, to re-up. But I thought I was a little gangster. I was like, yeah, I was sitting on the block. I remember selling an eighth of weed to an American tourist for 75 US dollars. Um, so yeah, we used to sit on the block and pretend we were gangster and sell weed and blah, blah, blah. And, it was a fucking. I loved Whistler, man. It was my favorite fucking place in the world yeah, when I lived there. I loved it. Yeah, and yeah. we were like, we were, I was in the crew. I was one of the only Aussies that kind of got accepted into the the whole kind of like pro thing because I was, I was sponsored yeah. and I was like one of those dudes and I'd ski with them all. And then I used to live. I lived in Pinecrest for a season. That next season, and I lived next door to two gentlemen. One of them, um, his name's Kale Steffens. He was one of the biggest pro snowboarders in the world at yep. the time and he was a fucking G and he lived with he lived with Sean Kearns and Sean if you if you know the snowboard world Sean Kearns is one of the most influential people he used to make all the whiskey movies yep. they were like the kind of the precursor to Jackass they smash bottles on their head and get into fights they do all his stuff in Norway or something yeah, yeah. no that yeah. was the Dudesons different oh, different right, different, yeah, yeah. different um uh but um Actually, and it looked so, like you'd fit in with the fucking Dodsons, actually. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, so live next to them, and um, and yeah, so and live there for many, many years. It was a fuck. It was paradise, man. Yeah. What, what time? What period was that? Two thousand and I first went there when I was fourteen, thirteen or fourteen for summer camp in two thousand and two. Yeah. And then I lived there. The first winter I lived there was we moved to Fernie when I was. Fifteen for two seasons. My family, they were going to immigrate to Canada. They were going to open a Mexican restaurant there. And then we moved to this shitty little town. It was great powder. My parents bought like a 800, like a fucking, what would now be a multi-million dollar house on the mountain, had heated floors and it was eight bedrooms. It was amazing. But my parents aren't really materialistic. And they, mm. so they could rent it out for two grand a night. So they ended up renting a fucking trailer in the worst trailer park in Fernie. <laughs> and I lived in the trailer park for two seasons with my one, one season with my family, another season by myself. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to Whistler that next year when I lived in the sauna. Mm. Um, and then after that, I lived there for probably about four, yeah, about four and a half seasons, I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, because I wanted to move to the place where the best skiers were because yeah, I wanted yeah, to get yeah. better. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And so when it's like going to the North Shore in Hawaii, back then they had the WSI. That was the center point of skiing, you know? That was the, and snowboarding, that was the world, the what world reckon, center. What's the best mountain you reckon you fucking skied at? Uh, Sochi in Russia. Yeah, Kran- I was going to Kran- ask you about Russia. Kranza, Kranzia Poliana is the, is the result. The women. Um, oh, dude, it was good fucking mountain. ridiculous. I, I had, I took, I took a photo, um, on this, I've got this photo in front of a private jet with like five or six girls, um, and uh, I put that as my Tinder profile. Yeah. And uh, when I went to Russia, I was there for th- three and a half weeks. I think I fucked twelve chicks. <laughs> At least nine of them were over eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. Um, I said fuck. Fucking hilarious. The last night we were <laughs> in Russia. Shavak. Last night we were in Russia. Um. I picked up this chicken Tinder and she bought a mum and we went out on a Tuesday night <laughs> to this like strip club thing. And this chick was like a 10 out of 10, like fucking, and she stunk. She must've come from a ghetto area. Or what, what she must've not had a lot of money. I don't, I don't know, but she bought a mum to this, to this, the mom to this stunk night club. She stunk. She stunk. Okay. Like, like yeah. she hadn't had a shower. I don't yeah, know. It yeah. was really fucking weird. Yeah. And I was, I was with my two brothers and my dad 
My dad's like, what the fuck? Anyways, whatever. We're drinking at this nightclub on a Tuesday night. It's like half a, it's like a Coyote Ugly Bar. Yeah. And, and then they're all through Moscow. And I, it's probably not the best place to go, but it was mm. a Tuesday night and we've got no fucking idea where to, where we're going. And anyway, so, so she's trying to talk to me and like, probably like, do you want to come to America? That's like, that's what she expects me to say. Mm. And my, um, my, my middle brother, I won't mention his name. Um, Goes, oh, she fucking stinks, but she's so hot. I'm like, yeah, I'll fuck that. I'm not doing that. I've had enough fucking sex this week. And my other brother, I don't know if I think he rooted a couple of, I'm pretty sure he did root it, but I don't think my middle brother did. Um, and anyway, so, um, my little brother's like, oh, can I have a, can I have a, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. And my little brother took her back to the hotel and had a shower with her. Where does mum go in a situation like that? Mum wasn't on that trip. Oh, right. That right. was the boys' trip. I'd always so learned no, no, like, no, like the mum there with oh, the Russian. I, I, no, I don't know what happened. Yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was fucking blacked out by that time. <laughs> so, like, you've obviously done <clears throat> a lot of traveling, lived in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Do you. And have you ever had a base that feels like home? Or have you been as yeah, home to you just ver- wherever the fuck Verbier you are? Verbier in Switzerland was somewhere that was really, really influential in my life. Um, yep. My dad moved. My dad was like obviously a water skier. He, in 1976, he did a season at Perisher pulling T-bars on Mount Perisher. Yep. And he met a guy, obviously picked up skiing quite quickly. And he met a gentleman named John Faulkner who was a the Australian freestyle skiing champion. And um, they became good friends and started skiing together. And um, John was in all the old James Bond movies. He was in um, Her Majesty's Secret Service. He was in um, For Your Eyes Only. He was the stunt coordinator for GoldenEye when he jumps off the dam. Um, it's a pretty famous guy, right? And so my yeah. dad moved there, and there was a crew of them called the Klombarn Kids, and they were the first expats from America that moved to the European Alps. Yep. And all of their photos came back and got published in Powder Magazine, Mark Shapiro was the photographer and then eventually after that another guy named Ace Cavalli. And my dad was in that scene. My dad was a hot dogger and he and um and so <clears throat> when my when I was uh nine, my grandmother died under scrupulous circumstances. She had a heart murmur and she had to take these pills that mm. slowed down her heart rate and she she was meant to cut the pill in half and she took the whole pill. She ended up uh. dying. The, this actually happened and the cops the cops came with the with the they do the they do the autopsy or they do mm. and they take off the rings and everything like that in the in the morgue. Well, when they took a ring off, she sat up and she wasn't dead. What? what? That and this is no bullshit. And huh. so, um, the huh. cop the cop had to have three months off because she was so like the PTSD from this happening, right? And so I remember I remember no. my my dad's a pretty heavy, my dad looks like a Viking overlord, right? And he doesn't cry. He doesn't. He's a not really nice guy. Man's but, man. But I remember definitely man's man. And I remember um, coming out in my grandma's house. And my dad was wailing and screaming and just like hysterical because his mum had died. Mm. And um, or my grandma, whatever you want to call it. And then, anyways, um, she came back to life, and then she ended up dying again. And my dad had a mental breakdown. And at the time, they were they were doing they, they had they had three Mexican restaurants. They were about to do a deal with CCs. You remember CCs back in yep. the day. To, to launch like a Mexican line in all the supermarkets, kind of like what all pre, pre, a precursor to what Old El Paso was. Yep. Because my parents' restaurants were pretty famous. And, so were um, they, where were they based? They in? On the northern beaches so in Sydney fuck, and then one in cool. the eastern. That's where I grew up, yeah. in the northern beaches. Um, you know, so Kelly Slade's come in, um, Julian McMahon, uh, Leighton Hewitt, all sorts of right. fucking people back in the day. Out of all the people you've met, bro, is – who who have you been the most starstruck by? What about um, you? Only nah. Is that, 
Huh? You Did you shake his hand and yeah, you, yeah, did you fucking nail it? Yeah, like, you know, when yeah, you, yeah. you sort of grab him a bit too early or a bit far, did you just stick it? Yeah, yeah, I stuck it. And, oh, nice. Um, <laughs> the, cool, the, cool, the only person I've ever been starstruck was when I met Seth Morrison. He was my favorite skier. He had oh, like okay. purple yep. hair and I met him and I was like, wow. Dude. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, nah, I'm, I've interviewed. But everyone else just sort of just I've, I met, I've, I interviewed Snoop once. He was a cool dude. Did you? Yeah, he rocked up like three hours <laughs> oh, late for fucked. the- He rocked up Did like three hours- with him? No, no, I didn't get to smoke one with him. It was like oh. a, it was like a group interview, and we all got to ask like four questions each. It was for like the launch of one of his parties. He was three hours four. late, was he? What was your he four was three questions hours late. Um, I asked him about um, his uh, what was his favorite track on his new album, and he told me um, he's in the group and he's on this like kind of like on this big seat. It was at the top of the the old Gold Coast Casino, mm. and it was run by Universal Music, and it was the the blue carpet album. I can't remember what the, the exact name. And he comes and he's two and a half, three hours late. Everyone's all the, it was all catered and stuff. Yeah. And then he came in and he had like a little throne. Mm. And then they had all the, the press junket tables and you're allowed to. And so I asked him what his favorite track on his album was. And he's like, oh, I like my favorite track was the track I did with Willie Nelson. It was 420. Mm. We were smoking mad fucking reefer, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck yeah. And he goes, fuck yeah. And the whole crowd like starts <laughs> laughing. And he seemed like a cool dude. Obviously, I didn't get to talk to him one on one. Yeah. Fuck, man. I, I still remember Snoop, bro. Like, we went to, I think, one of the big day outs. He's a, he's a G, man. And then we like waited and everyone fucked off and we went right up the front of Snoop. And he just says shit that if anyone else said, they'd be like, what the fuck? But I still remember him saying, when I say sticky, you say icky. Sticky, and everyone's like, "Icky!" Like, <laughs> it's just funny as fuck. I just love like, it how he's like. He was on that and, uh, Angie Man- Martinez on the on the Breakfast Club, and he's like, "She's like, oh, so do you um do you feel sorry for your condescending um you know misogynistic uh, comments and lyrics in your albums over the years?" And he's like, "No, fuck these hoes." Yeah, and he's yeah. just like, and then this guy's got this guy's got he had he released a girl, girls gone wild. Mm, then yep. he started a child football league, and he was on, and this he was, and he went to fucking, he went to f- almost went to prison for murder. He killed someone, and then Snoop he got did. off. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. Like, that's why he was on death row, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is pre pre before Tupac got shot, and Fuck, um, he mate. got done. He got off on self defense, but because because he's always been that guy, people don't question it. But if you what people don't like is people don't like being duped. So someone like Tiger Woods. That parlays into the world this image of this, you know, all American, good, half Asian, half black poster yeah. child of of you know work hard and discipline and yeah. and so when it comes out that he's you know he's a family he's meant to be a family man, and then he comes out and he's fucking more hoes than fucking Ron Jeremy is. That's well, faster yeah. than a tiger, what a, a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That um. Yeah, he's a but legend. Snoop is just one yeah. of those blokes, though, that you might not like his views or whatever, but he's got everyone's respect. Yeah, eh? yeah because Snoop. that's because like he's because he's, he's, he's legit and because he's always he's, he's he always is who he is. That's right, yeah. and he always is he's You're always right. reinventing himself. And I respect people like that too, even if I don't agree with them. If they're just who they are and that's them, it's just like, yeah, hey, at least yeah. he's not fucking being anyone. Yeah, too like saying he's this here, but then changed his views just because this bloke doesn't agree with them. You know, like it's like the saying, you know, the remember in Along Came Polly, where he was like, he's like. Oh, he tried to be the leopard, but he was still the hippo. You know, like, <laughs> so, do you remember that scene? What no. I'm talking about? It's like a saying where the hippo tries to be a, a paints himself, and he tries to be a tiger, yeah, and he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. he tries to be this, but he's always the hippo. It is you are the way you are. Mm. Not you can evolve and change, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, but, I just mean like as in 
say I say something to you, my, my beliefs and that, yeah. and then we do a podcast with someone else and yeah. I say the complete opposite just to oh, make the conversation. It's I hate, like, you I hate, be I hate shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember once being in New Zealand and I was with this group of dudes and they were like older American guys and one of them was like this fucking dork and- we're at the we're at the Remarkables Cafe, and there was this snowboarder chick, and she was from Utah, and she was a Mormon, mm. and she was like fucking smoke show hot. And she comes over and she starts talking to me, and she's these guys are flirting with her, and I was like sixteen, and I'm like, fuck these old cunts, I'm gonna fucking cockblock these faggots. <laughs> Sorry, just, just please beep that last word out, whatever. And anyways, and um, so I'm like, and I'm, I'm talking to her, and she's like, she's like, oh, so do you smoke weed? And I'm like, fucking oath I do, and I pulled out a big sack. And she's like, oh, I don't do that kind of thing. I'm like, I'm like, well, that's your loss then. And then the other guy's like, oh, yeah, I don't smoke weed. I'm like a good boy. Like he's trying to like kind of oh, trying yeah. to oh, try and be like a little it. bitch. And I looked and I looked over. I'm my, I'm like 16, and he's like he's like 22, 23. And I'm like, dude, you just smoked a joint with me like 15 minutes ago. And she's like, oh, how dare you lie to me? And she yeah, got all yeah. mad and re- he's like, I'm gonna fucking get you. I'm like, I'm like, don't be a kook, dude. Like, yeah. I hate people like that. It's hypocritical, hypocrite shit. Yeah, yeah, just fucking yeah. be yourself. But then there are some people that that you know they don't want to express their religious or their yeah, their views yeah. on the subject. You understand people withholding stuff and saying like, "Hey, I don't really want to comment or yeah. something." But yeah, I just yeah. mean it shits me when you see someone just fucking trouting off just because they know people, it'll get a good reaction. But those people always are the ones that get cancelled. Mm. So you know it is what it is. If you if you if you're a real G, you just keep it keep it one hundred as the. The yeah. rap culture calls it, you know. That sounds so funny coming out of my mouth. The real G, keep it 100. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So what about you guys? How long have you been doing this podcast for? We're a year today, mate. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. Well, cheers. I oh, need another beer. You want to yeah, pop? Yeah, 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 yeah. You got two there? But yeah, it's a fucking. No, no, no. You guys, no, it's a year today, bro. We, getting warm, we actually, um, that's no, right. you guys got a cheers. That's fucking fantastic. But yeah, a year so, today. Yeah, yeah wow. today. So that's fucking pretty iconic. Um. Pretty iconic. Yeah, like we did. We well, did the cheers, one earlier. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers anyway, to bro. that, man. But That's yeah, fucking so rad. yeah, yeah, literally Bluetooth. the first. Yeah, Bluetooth. Bluetooth. First fucking uh, episode come out eighteenth of August last year. Man, fucking fantastic! And now you guys so. have blown up, and you're more popular than Joe Rogan in Australia. I, I, well, on the Spotify charts, yeah, it's That's fucking. Pretty, it's pretty cool. How did you guys so. um, get your traction? What was the what's the key to the bro, success? It's literally it was the social media like snippets. It was just like the visuals, and that allowed obviously people to to see who we are, and then you obviously get a percentage of that people, like of those people that go and look at the show and finding the niche market of who actually listens to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. like, like in, we've talked about before: farmers, mining, truck drivers. Yeah, and then relating to them. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. the big thing, you know. You yeah, got to totally. find a, ta- a fucking audience that listens to podcasts, and then you got to relate to them. And yeah. if you if you got those two things sorted, you're fucking sweet, aren't you? Yeah, totally. Are you recording often? You've got no, your podcast? Yeah, yeah, I've got a podcast with Willie's World. Check it out on Spotify and uh, all good podcast outlets. No, I just do them sporadically. I'm, I think yep. soon I'm going to start doing it a bit more. The last few months, um, the last one I did about probably about three weeks ago with Troy Candy. Um, yeah, that's a dude, nice. That's, that's a dream that's guest. A dude, that's a dude you guys should um, you should interview. I could put you in touch with him. He's a yeah. he's a really good dude. Yeah, and um, he's, he's, he's good been, business models. He's a fucking G man. Yeah, and he's a cool motherfucker and he's humble. And he's just into cars, and he just he just made him. Everyone thinks he's like a drug dealer and all this yeah, bullshit. Yeah, he's, that he's, motherfucker hustles. He works hard. He talks in the podcast I did with him. He talks about having three jobs and then going home and fixing cars in the back of his parents' house. And yeah. he's just a cool dude. But again, he got he got on because he's organically. 
You guys right. got on organically. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You kept it real, and that's why people identify with you guys is because mm. you're not trying to be. Did someone he get that, that party not. drink yeah, yeah. going? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. Um, and then he recently got he got raided. They thought he was. Yeah, that's drugs. right. Kicking the door down. He's gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the video of the there's the video of it. Um, they fuck up. Don't they, they no, no, they can't get the. They got yeah. like a twenty grand door. There's like full of solid <laughs> wood. And um, there's the chick cop there, and she's the two guys are going at it, and she's like, she looks like she's got a heart on and a little butch face. She's like, oh my god, it's amazing, like ah, and she's like, she's just got just getting her rocks off watching her her counterparts go hard on the doors. Nail the door open. And he had the old missus going the OnlyFans now too. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know about that, and that I think I've never met his wife, and I would would neither would I comment on that. No, 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 yeah, I don't know the. It's I don't just know a weird, uh, yeah. But yeah, that is what it is. But that's you know that's the twenty first century. That's right, it? and it <laughs> seems to be normalised. But yeah, no, no well, that, OnlyFans has taken um, it's taken the middleman out of porn, and also yeah. what it's done is it's um, you know those girls that you see on Instagram. You know, you can see the porn. So you've seen the porn star 50 times. You want to see that fucking hot Instagram chick finger bang herself. That's right. And oh, Blake's like, oh, I've, that hot chick from school that they were obsessed with, that chick's got an OnlyFans now. Oh, I've always can... wanted to see what she looked like. Yeah, fucking oath. And That's there's rad. a platform for that. Um, I've only subscribed to, I think, one, one, one OnlyFans. Yep. Um, I haven't launched mine yet, and I probably won't because I've got a couple of... I got a couple of major projects in the works that would really be greatly affected by that. Um, so, so let's say, like so, you're saying, you got so you got a lot of things going on in America, right? Uh-huh. And like you know, big things happen, and it's real important to you. Yeah. Like you're you're doing this thing at the moment where like you do stunts or whatever to raise awareness with the yeah. um, cannabis industry and that. Yeah. Obviously, the last one was pretty wild. Do you now step back from that and Fuck go? No. So, but I mean, like, so no. do you just go? No, 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 that's that's pussy shit. No, no, no. I'm, yeah, I'm, no. I'm but this is it. where, oh, well, this is where I'm getting at. So, would you sacrifice not being able to go to yeah, America? Yeah, no, yep. no, fuck. Live by the sword, die by the sword. Ah, sweet. Yeah, I'm not yeah, a yeah, pussy. I know. Oh, no, fuck. I know what I. D- I know what I did before I did it. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to get locked up, and it is what it is. But it's a pretty stupid charge for something. We didn't. We didn't. Act- the chasers did it. The chasers did it before us when they did the advertising for. And if you watch the video at the beginning, there's Scott Mor- The video of that stunt that we put out a few months ago. There's the video of Scott Morrison talking about the Everest Derby, which they advertised on the side of the opera house and caused all that massive uproar mm. about them using an iconic building for advertising and yada 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 well chases war on everything they went there the next day or a few days later and they did a projection on the side of the opera house that said advertise here yeah, right. it's a joke uh, well they didn't get done for it yeah so mm. but nah f- nah man fuck no nah. no it was no, just I like just, it was just a general no, thing no, no, for I me I understand that but I'm just I, this <clears throat> This is the sentiment in my brain yeah, yeah, yeah is that right. like I'm I'm right I'll die for this because yep. it's like it's really no, important to me about it, yeah. I'm very passionate about it and I love smoking weed yeah and um yeah. you know obviously it's gonna and it is gonna come to it is gonna be financially beneficial to me. It's a process. Mm. Um, Look, my like, thing, my view on it is love smoking it, pot. My, man. my view is on it, bro, is that I think weed should be treated like alcohol, hundred percent. Because I I feel like, and I'm not speaking on any other drug. I'm just saying weed. So for me, weed. You got weed and alcohol. This is just my view. What benefit can someone health wise get out of alcohol? Uh, there's not, maybe like, just, there's not maybe, really there's fuck all health wise you can get yeah, out of it but the cannabis plant's the god plant that, this is what I'm saying there, there's proven but things like medicinal- people with Parkinson's and stuff like that right That, that it, it's been proven that it can help people you 100%. know what I mean so if, if alcohol's allowed 
and it doesn't have any health benefits and cannabis does, it's like, what's the fucking difference? Like, why is alcohol legal, but weed isn't? Like, as in- Because you can grow weed at home. Yeah, well, then, yeah, well, can't you can't tax it. Yeah, yeah. But then you can, but then you can brew. No, you, can. you can brew alcohol at home too. But then mm. you need a brewer's license in order to be able to, like, yeah. a food so and safety I'm, health so check. Mate, to I'm with you with the. Like, just- I think it should be legalized and and a system put in place to to. Personally, I think they should just legalize all drugs. Um, yeah, I they've done that. Just- they've done that in Portugal. Forty six. The the um the crime rate went down by about forty six percent in less than a year. They just legalized all personal use of all drugs. Oregon um, too, all it? drugs. Yeah, I don't think they should legalize heroin, and they shouldn't. They definitely shouldn't legalize ice. But yeah, I think no. that I think that the reason that ice is so prevalent in Australia, and it, and before it used to be very very prevalent in Hawaii, and if you are and if you look at the history of surfing between Sunny Garcia and um, Andy Irons, there was like a whole generation that was lost. Of surfers that was lost to the ice pipe, right? Mm, There's dude, a huge I mean, we all got mates there. who we've seen fucking 100%, spiraling but I think, down. I think Hawaii is very similar to Australia mm. that it's 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 ostracized because it's an island in the middle of fucking nowhere. So when an ounce of when a when a gram of coke is three hundred and fifty three hundred to four hundred dollars, and it's shit, people can go buy that ice. It's way easier to manufacture here. It doesn't have to get imported from Bolivia or from Colombia. Mm. Albania, wherever high altitude place that the pot, that the the cocoa plant grows, yeah. it can be made in the bathtub in the back of some fucking, yeah. you know, some guy's shed or whatever. So it's a lot more accessible now. If you legalized all drugs, there might still be a s- fraction of the population that are still doing smoking ice, but most of them are probably going to do legal cocaine because it's cheap and they know it's. It's good, and it's mm. it is what it is, you know. Yeah, MT- MDMA was originally developed as an aphrodisiac for married couples. Yeah, to stimulate drug, yeah. a love drug. So, but now there's a, there's a, there's a huge push towards this. Oregon's looking at. I think Oregon is just has just legalized, legalized personal it, yep. use. I think it's one of those things, bro. That I think the the push for for cannabis and and the legalization of that. I reckon, like, obviously, start with that. Yeah. And then once that's all through, then you go, right, is there anything else we can improve and do? 100%. Because, like, to me, I can't treat any other drug the same as cannabis. A hundred percent. I, I, just I, feel I, like totally, that's I totally agree. And that's, well, that's... Mushrooms, you could... Yeah, well, actually, well, well there you now go. Now psilocybin, which is mushrooms, is being legalized you know, in a lot of states. Yeah, There's a lot of drugs and shit. It's a lot of... Well, that's still... It depends. But I think that, you know, who the fuck don't we know? And I don't. you don't have to comment on record if you do or you don't. But, like, most of my parents' friends do coke. Mm. Most high, most high level doctors I know do more coke than. That's most what I mean. I've met some most lawyers, doctors that get around. Right, man. You, if you knew one of my mate, I'm not gonna. I can't go <laughs> yeah. into details. But yeah. I got a few homies that are on. You know that are they're you know they're they're, oh, they're in high very high places, and you know a lot of people are participants. In, yeah, man. No, yeah. And for sure. Fuck, who gives a... F- Everything's my personal got a opinion, Exactly. And what you do in your own domicile, in your own house, mm. if it's not negatively affecting anyone, then who gives a fuck? Obviously, if you do drugs and then you go drive and then you hurt someone, then you should be tried at the highest levels of the law. Yeah. Mm. Just like you do with alcohol. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. No, it's definitely a conversation. And like there is, there is 
points both sides of that, you know what I mean? Well, Especially, I, I'm a big one where I think weed should be legal, but the, the other one, and to a point with the others, but I definitely think there's a massive conversation. It's totally, a bit more technical, it's I been, reckon. It, but it's been proven. It's done. They've done it. Every country that does it, they have lower youth suicide rate. They have lower drug use per capita. They have lower crime mm. because it takes – and then you've got a quality product. It's not yeah. – like now in California, there's a huge epidemic of fentanyl being laced with cocaine and with yeah. with with heroin and blah blah blah. That's how Mac Miller died. Yeah, yeah. And so from what I've been told from a few people that I know in the scene in LA and mm. and Vegas now, you know, they if you get if you get an eight ball or something off someone, you want to check it before yeah. you do it. Yeah. No, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, so, ju- I'm just saying that thing. I wouldn't say yeah, yeah, go for it. It'd be like one of those things that it'd totally. be like a you know. But the thing is, Australia's uh, nanny state. Mm. You can't. You need a permit to wipe your ass and fart, or <laughs> yeah. fart and then wipe your ass. Yeah. So I don't see that yeah. any. Like you know, it's great to people talk about it and blah blah mm. blah. But getting it through, like the Greens have this this big. Um, you know, if if it did get legalized in Australia, um, I don't think that it would be in the fashion of um, like a dispensary like. Uh, California or Colorado or Canada. We're talking about just on yeah, weed here yeah, now. Just, yeah, just, just cannabis because yeah. this is more so something that I can speak on because yeah, the yeah. other things I'm not an no, expert on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not necessarily the, the expert on legalizing weed. This is just my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think that what what the Greens are proposing from if I from my memory of reading the um reading the bill is basically kind of cannabis clubs, kind of similar to what they have in Spain. Yeah. Um, a slight commercialization. That you can that can be done, and then basically decriminalised. Yeah, and they've decriminalised it in Canberra. Do you think that the cannabis use went up? Do you think pub smoking in public places went up? Fuck, you can go to Vancouver Airport now, and they've got a section to smoke weed at. <laughs> yeah, that's How insane. F- eh? It's fucking amazing. The four twenty <laughs> event over there is fucking huge. But see, the the thing with it is too is this like. When it gets legalized over there, it's treated like alcohol, sort of thing. Everyone just gets well, used to, to it. They're, doing, they're about to do it in Canada. So but I mean, like, as in, we're so used to like getting raised and and it was drilled into you, right? As a kid, it might, might not have been you, but like a lot of people, it, it was, was drilled, drilled into me. Here, like it was it, drilled into me, but then, but then, but then, you know, my parents, all my parents' friends are fucking. Doing yeah, rack. They're, yeah, so they're or, telling me one thing and then yeah. I'm not going to necessarily say they're doing another, but you know, they're, it's, there's, it, they're having parties and yeah, yeah. they're all, there's a lot of, there's a who, there's a who's of who. Nah, for sure. You know what I mean? There's, all there's all that these, is like, it takes a, it takes a pretty big movement to change a whole generation's view. And that's like what you're working with now with this stuff. Uh, yeah. It's trying 100%. To- and it's awareness. And, but, but the, the scientific data is there. It worked. And yeah. then they try to say that, oh, Australians, you know, like do everything in excess and it'll be a huge fucking economic crisis. Well, we don't fuck around. At the beginning, you know, like tr- yeah. legalize it, personal use only, mm. um, treat it as a health issue instead of a criminal issue. Immediately, you will free up the jails. Immediately, you'll have more money for uh, in tax for, um, especially from cannabis, for oh, roads, money. for infrastructure, for- Drop the fuel prices, just use the cannabis shit. Yeah, I don't think it'd be that astronomical. <laughs> nah, no, yeah. But, you know, in a perfect world, that's great, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, but, like, they tried to do it in New Zealand. They had the referendum last year. Um, the referendum was off the back of- um, They had two agendas on the referendum. One was euthanasia, assisted suicide- one was uh, legalizing cannabis. Mm. Now, I th- it went within like 2 or 3%. Um, Jacinta Arden 
Obviously, she's a very passive-aggressive leader. She didn't really say whether she was for or against it. I think that they kind of put the um, euthanasia on the back end of it to kind of dismay people because it was a very kind of controversial um you know, topic obviously that I can't comment on because it's not. A, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm not a medical expert or mm. psychologist. Um, yep. So you know, I, they almost did it. I think if it had been in a non-COVID year where people weren't scared of every their, you know, their their left bumhole. Um, <laughs> but you know, Australia's <laughs> fucked, man. Look at look at the look at the 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 lockdown laws. Look, we just went through two and a half years of lockdown. Yeah. I live in New South Wales. I for for almost a year I wasn't allowed over the border because I wasn't vaccinated. Yeah. I had a car on one side of the New South Wales border and another car on the Queensland side of the border, and so did my mum. Mm. And fuck the goddamn cops! If you want to come and get me, fuck you. They fucking have a fucking barrier set up there, <laughs> like a fucking like at the the fucking Berlin Wall or the the Mexican American border. Yeah. And you got to and you walk through a park and then you're in the and like it's fucking ludicrous it's ludicrous mm. and my friends were calling me from all over the world going you guys live in a Nazi regime like yeah yeah it's a, that was, it's, that's, that's that. a domestic remember border Rog- remember Rogan talking about it saying they're flying helicopters telling him to get back in their house yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. no 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 but shit. seriously like oh. that's the prequel to whatever yeah. they want to do mm. and people are so fucking dumb they tell you to wear a mask because it's going to man those masks work for 15 fucking minutes shut the fuck up oh, it's yeah. all a joke it's- I didn't pay attention to any of the rules and yeah. you know Sweden didn't either. They didn't. They had a, like a very open policy of of how they mm. dealt with it. And the first cycle they had a high level of death rate, and then the second cycle they had the, one of the lowest death rates in Europe. The the majority of like sixty five percent of people that died of COVID had um, cognitive uh, or had other ailments that were that you know I don't, That's I don't right. know what the word is and most of them were were, were, were clinically obese. Sixty five percent of them were clinically obese. So. You know, now, didn't they say that, like, COVID a few weeks ago, they had more cases in a day in the country than they did, like, at the peak of Bro, the pandemic? honestly, I can't, I couldn't give a fuck about it. Yeah. I'm so overhearing about it. I, but I it's just, just, but what it is, but what it's not about the COVID, it's about the principle of the freedom of movement. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And it's I know like, what this you're is, saying. this, and but. because, and because this stuff's so important to our culture and our civilization in this country, mm. but people are so over it. That they don't want to talk about it, but these kind of things they they shouldn't have the right to close a domestic border. They yeah, should yeah. they should fucking, in my opinion, they should cut their fucking heads off and put them on stakes on top of the fucking Sydney <laughs> fucking Harbour Bridge. Yeah, and and at the at the top should be fucking Dan Andrews' head, one hundred and fifty thousand percent. And that yeah. guy's on the payroll from the like man. That's it's, but it's 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 not a it's obviously it's over. We're over talking about it, etc. But it's the it's the social ramifications of being obedient to what the government tells you to do. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's and that's the that's the thing that's 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 the long. I think we've all effects. definitely learned from it, and we just got to go right. If something like this comes up again, fuck, we got to do something different. Hopefully well, we're just not going to fold might, we again. We might be going into World War Three soon. Yeah, so that's right. I don't know if you guys follow. You know, the Chinese ambassador the other day saying we're basically we're going to do whatever we want with China, with the, with Taiwan, and uh, and now we've got this cognitive degenerative uh, president in America who can't even ride a bike. So the world's going through a little bit of chaos, and um, so you know, I don't know, I don't have the answers, but I think that we definitely need um, we need some kind of change because. Hmm. You know this new Albo. He's you know he's a better prime minister than um, than Scott Morrison was. Um, yeah, I don't even. I would never know what he looks like. I think it's all part of the same bullshit. Man, you know? I just yeah, that sort of like 
I, I definitely know where you're coming from, like yeah. with that thing, and it's like you can't just fold on that, but it's like one of those things, man, I'm fucking so over shit, and it's like you But I understand up, why you're over it. You know, and you get into this fucking thing, and you're just constantly thinking about it, and it takes over your life and all your thoughts yeah. and that, and I'm like, fuck this, so I'm just doing me, cruising, fucking, when it comes to when it comes to it, though, and, and like you can't, I can understand why some people would be full on if it's affecting their life personally. 100%. So you know but when I mean? you have like to yourself. live on a border, yeah, you gotta, that's right. So you're that's watching what I mean. your six-year-old mother have to go th- and wor- worry about getting arrested for walking so over. So that's a border. what I mean, bro. I understand yeah. where so, you're coming from. So but it, I suppose it greatly me- affected my life for yeah. about two years. I was yeah. stuck here. Then I so, couldn't yeah. like it was a fucking pain in the ass. And um, and it, it is what it is. It's over now. Yeah. Um, but like it just shows you that um, you know, my opinion is fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. Yeah. yeah Rage right. against the machine. Like. Yeah, and I, I'm not an anarchist, but like, I'm a, I would say I'm a slight libertarian. Where you, whatever you do in your own domicile, as long as you don't hurt anyone, gives a fuck. Yeah, man. live your own and life. So are you a bloke who like, as in, I'm all about like sticking up for yourself and that. But are yeah. you a bloke if someone tells you something, even if you agree with it, you'll just do the opposite just because they told you to do it. No, 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 not at all. Yeah, right. No, 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 no. Because that's what I mean. Like, I'm fully, no, 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 I'm no. fully about no, having no, your own no. thing, but it shits me no, no, when no. I see someone being like, nah, you said that, so I'll do this. No, no, you know? not at all. No, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a lateral thinker and I'll, no, I'll listen sweet. to a whole bunch of the news and then if make, make your own thing up. Yeah, yeah, thing, for yeah. sure. No, it's independent-minded. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you disagree with me, that's fine. We can have a debate and have a discussion yeah, yeah. about it. Um, not not you personally, but in anyone in general. Yep. But, like, there's basic common common fucking sense you know like you can't have a domestic border in a in a in a constitution it's a, it's a formulated country like there's no it's it's ridiculous mm. and those premiers had all that power for all that and the, the long-term psychological effects that'll have on the populace is you know that's I- immeasurable mm. and you know people don't give a fuck but they should they have to because it it's fucking our country and these Fuck with it's I'm fucking ruining it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Australia could be the fucking paradise. Mm. We have the ability, we've got the, all the natural resources. We need people like that Bradford guy that built the the Sydney Harbour Bridge and, and engineered the Snowy Mountain scheme, like that progressive kind of thinking. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, people that are actually you know, because we have the we have the ability and the manpower and we have all the space in the world. You know, we should be thinking 10, 20 years down the line to build this utopian mm. society at the, in the South Pacific. Yeah. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. It is what it is, you know. And so like, just, like five years time, like just going quickly back to your cannabis thing to sort of wrap things up a little bit and where yeah. that's going. Say if everything works well for you, brother, yeah. in five years' time, where do you see yourself or where do you see Australia what's my, what's with the kind of Me personally or what the Australian- Oh, well, pretty much like where do you think you'll be able to get it to, well, not you yourself, but as an industry, where do you think that has I the think, potential I think potentially in the next five years it could it could be could legalized. Yep. There is the potential for it to happen. Yep. Germany's about to legalize. Yep. The EU is talking about legalizing. But then also this month, for the first time since 2014, the... Um, the the profits of the cannabis dispensaries in Colorado have gone mm. down for the first time. Yeah. So the boom there is slowly fizzling. Yeah. And it's becoming more stabilized. Yeah. Which happens in every marketplace. Which happens with the dot com boom. Which happened with Bitcoin. There's a, which happened with NFTs. Yeah. So there's a huge surge. Everyone's the rush, and then and then it drops off. But yeah. it, it's not necessarily dropping off. 
that much. It's just normalizing because mm. it's becoming part of the culture. After about, I think they legalized in 2014, so that's about eight years. Yeah. So now it's becoming normalized. So there's not really that hype train of like having to go to the dispensary and you know yep. all that 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 gold rush. It's still it's still, still norm- it's yeah. just kind of consistent. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, here in Australia, I think if if the EU legalizes, if Canada legalizes all drugs, and then America federally ratifies legalized cannabis or decriminalizes it, that are the first steps. Because at the moment. I can't go get the cash that I made out of my dispensary yep. because we can't legally bank in the federal system. Uh. So we've lost eight different bank accounts for trying to put our cash through the banks. Yeah, right. So when my business partner went to go pay the cannabis, um, the cannabis uh, control agency of California mm. in Sacktown, in Sacramento, which is the capital of California. Yep. He had to go there with the license money. He had to go there with $56,000 in cash to pay for our license two and a half years ago. Mm. And it's in the ghetto in the middle of fucking... Sacktown's a pretty gnarly little city. It's near New York, isn't it? No, no. Sac- Sacramento is like in the middle of California. Oh, California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, 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 so that that whole... So you have to pay with, with, with cash and then we have a giant... The whole dispensary is built around a giant safe mm. that keeps all the cash in there. So... So until until but if that if that if they federally ratify that that'll mean that like if I have a cannabis company in California and I want to sell in Oregon or I want to sell in Washington or I want to sell in New York state now that's legal I have to have a separate license and a separate manufa- like grow and cultivation and then manufacturing and then distribution license in every different state, right? Yeah. And that's how Cookies has gotten so big. Burner, the big, he's just on the cover of Forbes. Yeah, he yeah. um he's purchased different cannabis dispensaries and then labeled them Cookies, labeled them Cookies. Now, good on him. Kudos to him. Yeah. Um, but once they federally ratify it, if they do, then you'll be able to ship across state lines. Yeah, right. Which will open the whole market to another massive boom. Yep. So at the problem at the problem at the moment isn't necessarily the supply chain. It's not necessarily the 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 people that want to do it. It's the it's the um the kind of the um the politics behind it. Yeah. And if they fix that, which they it's on the cards because it's probably part of the agenda of the Democrats to kind of take away attention from how such a shit job they're doing. Mm. And again, just my opinion. Then they do things like this. They'll give them a bone and then go do this over here. Mm. If they do that, it just in, involved with cannabis. If they if they federally ratify recreational legalization or even just decriminalize, which means that the banks can process the money, that'll be the the major step in America. Yeah. If Canada legalizes all drugs for personal use, which is on the on the agenda, yeah. to basically take away the attention from how Justin Trudeau's doing all the stuff with the tar sands and all the other shit that the lockdown and all this bullshit, they want to throw them a bone to take the attention away. That'll change everything. And then if the EU legalizes, then it's fucking game over. Then it's potentially possible for Australia. Australia. But we have a very conservative political system here. And from my very, very kind of, um, kind of, you know, short knowledge on the subject and I obviously I I am heavily involved in it but I'm not a I'm not a lawmaker and I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm just a crusader or whatever activist whatever you want to fucking call it yep. um and uh I don't think that Australia will ever it it's potentially I more see um kind of what has happened in Canberra like you'll be able to grow it yourself yeah 
you'll it, be it able to cultivate be, it personally. It won't be treated like I, other drugs sort of thing. I don't think it'll be treated like alcohol, yeah, which yeah, is what right. it should be treated as, yeah, just like California. Because mm. I want to be able to make money. You know how good it is to walk into a dispensary and buy a fucking lemonade that's going to get me stoned? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, that would be pretty cool. But, um, you know, I, but at the end of the day, it, for me, the the reason that I'm so passionate about it and, mm. uh, and about the COVID and about all that stuff, it's about my fucking freedom. Yeah, if I yeah. want to do something in my own house and not affect anyone. Yeah, no, you know, I get that, bro. That's all. And, you know, obvi- and, and cannabis is just a no fucking brainer. Mm. So th- it is potentially possible. Where yeah. do I see myself in five years? I ideally would love to have the biggest cannabis um you know, holding company and brand in the Southern Hemisphere. That's yep. probably my goal. Yep. I want to open dispense California themed dispensaries in in Germany and in the EU. Yeah, um, oh, paired yeah. in paired in with like a bunch of um Californian like action sports people, kind of like how they did with Bolter and what they did with um with another with uh, Sinatra, another beer company. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to call it Californication or something like cool <laughs> like that. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, um, you know, obviously we're launching this Byron-based CBD company that'll, you know, it's more the health yep. and wellness luxury brand. Yep. And then I'm also looking into, um, we're working on a, a advanced um, kind of like sustainable um, technology company, working with hemp and other kind of products to build to build building materials and then um, like working in carbon sequestration yep. is the word for it, um, hemp holds more carbon than any other plant and there's like billions of dollars in that market. Um, so, you know, basically all of are all evolved around yeah. um, cannabis stuff. Yeah, bro, but- it's pretty uh, it's pretty cool. It'll be interesting to see like to, and if someone wants to follow what you've been doing and what what's happening, where would they go? Um, to- you can check out uh Willie's World six nine. They just deleted my other account for the third time. Yeah, you've got um, Yeah, I remember you're like 80k one yeah, and then and then now, now that's my other account. Yeah, they deleted that one and then originally my balling on a budget account, I had um 1.1 million on Facebook and yeah. it was the third most trending Facebook fan page in the world for a long time. Um at one point we were about getting about four, 2 to 3 million page views a day on my website. Yeah. And then they deleted my um my Facebook account. That was about 4 years ago. So, I've had lots of interactions yeah. with where they've deleted my accounts but as someone told me once um it's rented real estate so if you don't play by the that's rules that's right it is you're gonna yeah. you're gonna get kicked off the wild um, world is social so media. I, you know it, i just want to keep on doing it but for me personally this I, I love i like the idea of making money i like the idea of um yep. hot chicks and the and the um the playboy lifestyle and you know making tv shows and getting more famous and doing all the bullshit yep. that's fun that's self-subserving but the the biggest thing that really motivates me is giving back and helping the world even though it probably doesn't come off that way from what you perceive from my instagram feed and blah 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 that's probably 10 percent of my life yeah um but so, it's just the, it's the it's the it's the principle of being free to do what i want to do yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, I get you man. i love I just your want, instagram it's sort of like an aussie dan bilzerian sort of oh uh, yeah vibe. Well, not yeah, that the, the poor man the poor man dan bilzerian yeah, yeah. from yeah. wish yeah. Uh, hence the balling on a budget <laughs> hence the balling on a budget yeah um, yeah but you know that's all organic. We just have fun with it. I don't try to take myself too seriously, but I'm really passionate about this. I, the Who Are They Hurting um, movement is something that's very dear to Alec and Craze um, and my heart. Um, yeah. We're working with a lot with uh, Jenny Hallam. She's a, one of the biggest advocates in Australia. She's someone you probably guys could interview is very interesting. She was facing 18 years in jail for cultivating medical cannabis products for terminally ill people. She was giving about she was. 
supplying about 300 people of that were terminally ill with free medical cannabis to kind of help their yeah. suffering or she saved a lot a few different people from dying actually yeah and she was facing 18 years in jail um, and she ended up getting off but mm. um you know these people shouldn't have to go through that yeah i agree with you mate it's and, uh yeah and mate today it was good getting your like perspective from things yeah. because it's something that i know personally i like I wouldn't know a lot about, so I was yeah. good getting your view on things, you know. And again, and- there's, there's, uh, we're open to discussions, but that for me, obviously, the the, the legalizing all drugs, um, that's a bit of a pipe dream, mm. and there are yeah. alternative opinions on why that should and shouldn't happen. Yeah, and, yeah. and I understand that. Yeah, but yeah. But cannabis is a no-brainer. I agree. Can, you don't. Yeah, I think we all. You don't agree. smoke weed yeah. and go home and beat your wife up. No, mate. Nah. I, that's you know something I mean? that you'll never, you will not get any. Backlash yeah. out of me, and it's not the the free the all of them thing. I'm open to hear points of view there yeah, too. Yeah, I'm 100%. just saying I'm not like the weed thing where I'm like, yep, yeah, no, no, a hundred percent. I understand that, and they yeah. should be classified as two different hundred percent. That's the main thing, I reckon. Yeah, there and it's just, be, yeah. but you know, like like I said, but at the end of the day, for me, like obviously, weed's great, all yep. drugs are great, but freedom, <laughs> freedom, freedom is fucking the, the paramount. Important. Yeah, one of the the paramount of the building blocks of democracy and a western society and since the war on drugs started in like the mid 20s 30s you know they've incarcerated hundreds and hundreds of probably millions of people yeah and the prison industrial complexes made billions of dollars off all those people they like on like it's like costs like 110 grand to have an inmate in america yeah and a lot of those prisons are a, a public, a, a, like a privately owned, mm. and you know, there's judges that are getting done for sending people to jail for five years for fucking, a tra- you know, for stealing s- stuff and like. Mm. So you know, it's all about it's all about the mighty dollar. You know what That's I mean? That's it, brother. It's and, all about the money. Yeah, the money makes the world go around. And what about what about from your perspective? You guys like you live in a kind of small country town, mm. growing up. Most of your mates smoked bongs, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It was around always, that sort of thing. was always there. Exactly. I, I was never a big yeah. fan of it. Like, it's just never not my drug of, drug of choice. I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, just I don't know why. Alcohol is probably mine. Just a happy drunk. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But no, man. I've I've you know it's been a part of fucking growing up from where we're from, man. Yeah. And like you, you're seeing it all the time. And like I said, I. I think, like we said, it's yeah. I, I, I respect it, and then like the CBD, like the infl- inflammation and stuff is doing for like athletes yeah, and I'll, stuff I'll, like I'll, that. I'll, it's huge. Well, the, the, this um this new company that I'm launching, which is uh, Byron Bay CBD, our, our um kind of primary product is a um CBD and lidocaine cream. Yep, and um it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll send you guys some samples oh, when they're sweet. ready in about three weeks. Sounds yeah. good. It'll change your fucking life. It'll give you ten years of your life back. Yeah, so no, fun, fun-wise, the next couple of weeks, you're heading off skiing, are you? Oh, I'm going to go skiing um, hopefully this weekend. Oh, and nice. And yep. um, come back here then starting to shoot content for our launch in the States um, in Byron and around the kind of northern rivers um, to kind of document the the health and wellness lifestyle. The, our our, um, our to- slogan is uh, the guiding light towards health and wellness, obviously related to the Byron Bay Lighthouse. Yep. Um, so we're going to be producing a lot of high-end products that are for the health and wellness market. Um, and then I'm doing the um, co-hosting, kind of working with um, the Maxim Magazine uh, 11th birthday next month. Yep. And that then um, that'll be pretty awesome. And then I might be doing uh, – we did the after party for the – with a, a partner of mine, we did the after party for the Melbourne F1. The, we did the Melbourne GP after party in uh, April. Yep. And so we might be doing another one in Austin. Yeah, so correct, right. about two, right. two months, I think. Um, but again, whether I'm allowed to leave the country or not, that's mm. two totally different things. But hopefully, you know, ideally – 
launch this brand, do a couple more parties, make some more money, start the process for this next TV show that I'm making and sell the first one and then get off bail, win that case and then get on a plane and get the fuck out of here because I've been stuck here for almost two and a half years and it's starting yeah. to fucking eat I can't away wait for soul. a recap. You come back for a recap, mate. This yeah. is- Exciting um, times. It is exciting times. And what about you guys? What What's your plans? Like, obviously, I'm I'm really – thanks for having me, by the way. I'm really pretty yeah, stoked yeah. for you guys. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah, it's you guys fucking... seem like really cool dudes, and I think it's really amazing that you guys are just two Aussie blokes that have just started talking shit, and now, now you're starting <laughs> yeah. to get a following. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, cheers, bro. I think we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and just – yeah, really, turn this into really, a job. Hopefully, pretty quick. And yeah, fucking let's. That's the plan, bro. What do you guys do? What was your what's your normal day jobs at the moment? So we're both fitters, but I, I work in the mines as a bit of a like a operator maintainer. So I drive machines and and fix the plant and just yeah operate and whatever in a wash plant, coal wash plant. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying the old supervisor gig, just running blokes um, shut down sort of fitter stuff, and then. Just doing the excavation how, how you, stuff on the side. How have you gotten? How's your response from like the community of like friends oh, and stuff? You getting yeah, yeah, unreal? Right. Yeah, they've yeah. been supportive as the whole time. So no, it's been good, bro. It's yeah, no tall poppy syndrome yet. No, nah, it's great. Nah, good. it's it's good, bro. Everything's everything's good. Oh, yeah. we're, we're, it's you seem like very mellow, like down to earth guys. So yeah, congratulations yeah, on know, all your success. Cheers, yes, brother. And yeah, it'll be good that. to keep in touch with how you're going with all your yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, I'd love to come back at some point. And um, nah, bro, have when a you chat, when you cruise overseas, and we'll, I'm sure we'll see what you're doing when you come back in. Let us know, and we'll have to do a bit of an update. Fucking oath. In awesome. the meantime, we're we'll fly up to the big glad hole, but the big glad <laughs> yeah. up to CQ. Oh, come up there. I've Stick been out like a sore thumb up there. Last time I came up there was for John O'Pointer's funeral, oh, actually, yeah. many years yeah, ago. Right. He was a living legend, that dude. He mm, was like was. fucking one of the nicest people I've ever met, actually. Yeah. So he really uh, repped it for, for Gladdy up there in the Definitely. up north. Mm. But yeah, thanks again for having me on. And, um, you know, like, like and subscribe and check yeah. out the. Uh, the Alpha Blokes Podcast. That's, That's right. it, bro. Thanks, guys. Have Do a good week. Yeah, the boys. See you later, right? Call them what you want. Knee knockers, golden nuggets, dice slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.